This is Jim Rockford. At the tone, leave your name and message. I'll get back to you. You are full of bullshit, my friend. I will sue you for everything you have. I will sue your ass. Everybody, welcome back. Golden Globe Theater here. And of course, as you read the title, we're doing another cop in a field. But if, you may have recognized the name, but of course, it's not associated with somebody we've had on before. It's right. a brand new Matt. Right. We're putting the whole concept of copying a field to the test. Right. Because, you know, if you've listened to the cop, and of course, you've listened to copying a field before, you know, this is when we have our usual guests on. And yeah. we, we get into their psyche, get into their mind Deep. through, through, of course, their favorite TV cop, because that's the best way to get to know somebody. Right. And conversations that were had before, uh, you know, the, re- the record button was hit here, we were having conversations about how I'm starting up a whole new dating app, and it's going to be based on your favorite TV cop show, because really, what better way to get to know a person than their favorite cop show? I mean, you can't just put up some easy shit like, what, what road do you like to drive down? Why is that on every dating app right now? Everybody loves driving know. down 8 miles. What's it going to be called? Clubbo? Clubbo. I like that. <laughs> I really like that. Uh, I mean, we could do something like the Rock Love Files. That would fit well with this episode. It would fit well with this episode. But anyway, so we're going we're gonna to put the whole copying of feel theory to the test by having a guest we have, up until 10 minutes ago, never spoken to in our lives but he's no, in a way, he's not a stranger because you you'll you'll be familiar with his uh, his significant other, uh, Miss Abra, who's been on a, c- a couple episodes of our show. Yeah, a favorite of ours. We've had her on two, three times. Two, two. Times? We got to know all about her thanks to uh, Angela Merkelo. Wait, no, that's not her Who? name. Angela Merkel is like the prime minister. She's the German prime minister. German what does prime that minister. Have to do with her? I went Angela to Lansbury. Lansbury. <laughs> Angela Merkel, Angela Lansbury. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So, without further ado, some people call him Other Matt, but we're just going to call him Matt. And I understand because I mean Matt Sosi is a powerhouse. Yes. Because why? Because he's he's from Michigan. Yeah, and he's the know. voice of Indiana. Right. Well, that's the thing. He went. He. He, in a way, sacrificed himself by moving to that dumpster fire that's Indiana yep. and classing the place up. Because we know the only people who come out of Indiana are lowlifes and bottom feeders like Larry Bird. Right. <laughs> so, exactly. Matt, we thank you for your sacrifice. And not other Matt. Not other Matt. We thank you for coming on to Copperfield. Matt, how are you doing? Great. How about you guys? We we were good until we had all that technical issues yeah. before we started recording. I feel like we should start on a hateful tone. Matt, how much do you hate Larry Bird? <laughs> wow, that's a great question. Um, I think with that smirk and that fluffy uh, blonde hair, quite a mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. yeah. That no chin and that, yeah. that yeah. douchey mustache. No, that douchey mustache is the worst. Oh, the worst. I mean... 
to think we had two powerhouses in the NBA, East Coast, West Coast, and he was the powerhouse of the East Coast? Like, perfect representation of racist Boston. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Archie, you, you're, a, you're a Blazer guy, aren't you? Uh, yes. I love the Blazers, too, because they gave my team one of their championships. Oh, they did? 1990. Oh. Were you yeah, and then gave Chicago the, the next year. It was yeah. so oh. much fun. So, oh, geez. How old are you, man? I'm 112. <laughs> How old are you in dog years? I'm seven. Seven, okay. I'm just, I'm just trying to gauge. Are you like, you're like my age, right? You're, we're the same age. Right? I have 48. no idea how old you are. I'm 48. <laughs> okay, yes. We were within, the, we were within a f- okay. few years there. We're not, it's okay. We're not going to out you, Matt. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. We just need to know which era of basketball you <laughs> yes, adore. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, yeah no, no. So we yeah. grew up in the same era. Yeah. Okay, so like I said, I, I, told, I appreciate the uh, – let me, let me break it down for you. I don't want to hurt – Matt's feelings about the Blazers, but let me break it down for you, Griff. We just came off our first championship with the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we were ready to kill them again with the the Blazers. All pistons firing. This was back in the old days where it was 2-3-2, like, we had home court advantage. We had the first two games. They got the next three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Best of seven. Oh, it was 2-1-1-1. It was two games, two games, one, one, one. That three oh. games didn't come until. No, 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 it wasn't because oh. I'm going to tell you why it Uh-oh. wasn't. It used to be that way. You're exactly right. It used to be that way. For some reason, they changed it. But this is, this is, this is why I remember it. This is it. already Auburn's favorite episode. We're talking sports. <laughs> this is why I remember it because I was at, I think, the f- first game. I think the Blazers stole the first game. I was stole at one it. of them. And. The the thing was, all right, they're going back to Portland for three straight games, and Pistons hadn't won in Portland in 20 years. So everybody was like, it's over. Bad boys are done. I feel like Kid Rock told me this. Bad boys won three straight games in Portland. That's incredible. It destroyed it, them. Yeah, it was it was just yeah, it was crushing. It was great. Lambeer got all into Kevin Duckworth's oh. head, destroyed him. Oh. Oh, that's an interesting question. How does Lambeer uh, work up in, uh, in an opponent's view? Because we love Bill Lambeer here. <laughs> well, I would hate Bill Lambeer if he wasn't a Pistons. Yes, yes. Every, yeah. Everyone except you people in Detroit hated yeah. Bill Lambeer. Exactly. Yeah. He's I think awful. the only athlete we have in modern uh, sports that is hated as much as Bill Lambeer was is uh, uh, Brad Marchand, I think is his name. I Which I know you love anybody named Marchand because we had a comic book guy named Marchand who was the worst. <laughs> yeah. But there's a hockey player named Brad Marchand who plays for the Boston Bruins and he licks people. Oh. He's an offensive powerhouse. The guy scores and assists. He's great. He's a top line guy, but he licks people. He gets under everybody's skin. He gets suspended all the time and he gets other people suspended because they are like, I'm going to punch you in the face now. But yeah. Okay, we should probably move on from sports, though. <laughs> yes. As much as I want to do this, because we're getting really close right. to gambling. Look, before we get into, I don't want there to be any tension. I want you, okay. Matt. I just want to tell you, you know, Griff and I, we love your wife, but it's a purely platonic love. She's just our podcast buddy. I don't want there to be any weirdness. She's all yours. We're not going to steal her. All yours. Wow, he's he's really processing that. 
Yeah. No, I have to think about that one for a minute. <laughs> you wanted you wanted to take her away from you? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Just how to answer that without getting smacked. <laughs> He's worried we're doing a Bill Ban- Bill Lambier uh, swerve on him. Yeah, yeah. We're actually outside right now. So I take it. Had, did you grow up in Portland? Are you a born and bred Portland guy? No, no. We I actually grew up in Salem, about an hour south. Okay, the but you, state capital. Oh, right, right, right. Okay, I but, was thinking Salem, Massachusetts. I was like, <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Track? <laughs> yeah, there's many, many Salem's in this country, unfortunately. Or I, yeah, I, I don't know. yeah. The only one I know of, yeah, Salem, Massachusetts. Now, I think we, all, go ahead. I say they, I think they're all sleepy and boring. So, oh, okay, that okay. makes sense. Then. Whether or not you burn witches, the no. Massachusetts one could have been huge if they just went ahead and sacrificed uh, Larry Bird. Oh, yes, absolutely. I would have been think, for that. Yeah, I think we would have all just worshipped at their altar yeah, for that one. Exactly. The whole country would have revered them, and they would no longer have been a sleepy town. They would have been the town haunted by Larry Bird. That would be horrible. He's already as pale as a goat. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's halfway there. <laughs> Go on. So, Matt. I, we were uh, for our listeners. We were going to have Auburn at the beginning because I'm just curious. She she fascinates me. I just wanted like that's why I wanted to really talk to man. Like who was the the man that tamed we had, We had the chance. Uh, there, the... There's a there's a word that was wrong in that sentence. There's there's no tame. <laughs> <laughs> who got tamed by Abra is What I meant to say. <laughs> I just think it's interesting because we have so many fantastic guests, but we yeah. never have that doorway into another perspective into the person on the right. other side of the this call. Is the, yeah. So we had the chance, but it didn't work. So out. we're going to learn about Abra more and you through this episode. Yeah. Innovation. That's what we do. So, uh, yeah, we, so I was going to tell the listeners, we were going to have her on. We were having technical difficulties, so it's just going to be the three boys for this episode. Plenty of Bill Lambeer talk still to come. Guy talk. When, when guys get together, they can't stop talking about Bill Lambeer. That's right. It just happens. Did you cheer for Kurt Russell's uh, independent baseball team up there? Yeah, that was a few years um, before my time. and I still have not seen the documentary about it either. Oh, man. It's a good documentary, especially if you like Kurt Russell and his yeah. dad. And his Daddy dad. Russell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's a good one. Now, Matt, I... Uh... I'm assuming you became a fan of Golden Globe Theater through your wife. Am I correct? Uh, yes. So was it just like, was she just constantly made? Oh, I think Tim said this week, it was so amazing. Oh, Griff, he was so hilarious. Was it like that? Or was it just you kept hearing it in the background? And you're like, wow, these guys are really good. Yeah, no, no, all of the above. Damn. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's on in our household 24-7. <laughs> she <laughs> runs out of one, she just starts another. <laughs> now, uh, do you have like a history with these old action movies and everything as well? No, I'm more of the, um, you know, kind of the MST3K. Let's how crappy a movie can I watch without my head exploding? Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. What What would you say is the top? Uh, I mean, even MST3K episodes for you? Oh, that's a good one. And to and to cross into your. Um, action flicks i think mitchell is probably one of their finest episodes that's uh golden needles man yeah joe don baker, joe don baker. Yeah. yeah yeah and, yeah. and if anything that you know segueing into this episode uh joe don baker is a poor man's rockford i could see that for sure 
I don't know. I see Rockford a little more charming than Joe Tommy. Don Baker. Oh, absolutely. If, if yeah. there's anything about Mitchell, Joe Don Baker is possibly in that episode the most horrifyingly horrible character ever put on <laughs> on screen. Does he is he getting hooking up with like prostitutes and stuff in Mitchell? Yeah. Or did I... Okay. Yeah, Linda Evans as a prostitute as everyone's very believable prostitute. Yeah. It's very interesting that like Joe Don Baker always plays characters who get sex in ways that are a little uh, shady. Shady. Let's yeah. go with that. What's yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there, way, uh, no other way than he paid for it. Yeah. Hey, he got he, he talked that woman into bed in golden needles. He he got the seafood platter. <laughs> he had a little bit of leverage, and then he gave her the seafood platter, and then he gave her the lobster. Is that a good dick no, reference? Like, no. Okay. Is, that, is, 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 is that a new metaphor? Gave him the lobster? Uh, it might be, but Murray roll. said no. Murray didn't like that reference. No, we got to workshop that. We got to workshop that one. Okay. Matt, you're here to witness us workshopping a penis reference. No, not right you... now. We'll do that on, on another off episode. Off the mic. Off the mic? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to This is all this about... is about Matt's time, not about Matt's our time. workshopping time. Okay. We should probably ask Rockford a question then. Right. So, Matt Rockford, tell me about it. What is it about Rockford that just talks to you? Well, there's a couple things. Um first of all, uh the character Rockford is just a a lovely blue-collar working man who um does the right thing because either he has to or he owes money um his father is a truck driver or a retired truck driver um he does does everything by working um the other thing is uh the location uh the locations in rockford are just exquisite some of the worst ugliest uh yeah. places in all of southern california <laughs> I'm but, glad you ended with that note there because I was <laughs> I was thinking about the location. It's like all dingy apartments and stuff. It, yeah, dingy apartments, old horrible uh, factories. Yeah, uh, ugly warehouses. Yeah, it, it, I I was born in Southern California, and that's the Southern California I remember. Nice. Oh, hey, oh, that's interesting. So when when did you move to uh, Oregon? Um, when I was four. Okay. Oh, okay. So you just remember. But it's a very impressionable young child that said that Southern California was just ugly brown and more brown. <laughs> was it L.A. or was it what? San Orange Diego County, or? even worse. Okay. Hey, what? a lot of great punk came out of Orange County. A lot of great punk uh, came out of Orange County and never went back. That's probably is. I thought Orange County was fancy now. Oh, it probably is now. I haven't been there in about 15 years. But it's, it's, their, yeah. They had that TV show, The O.C., yeah, and, there we go. That's well, everything I know about the couch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I also thought uh, L.A. was grungy, too. When I, I've only been there once, and I was like, this is just Detroit with palm trees. This isn't like, yeah. where's the beautiful people at? It's just grimy, scummy. It's it's like Vice Squad, basically. Yes. Uh, it's, where, it's where dreams go to die, Yes, I would say. So I don't know. I we were talking. I, this is why I like the Cop in the Field episodes because, and I love the fact that all our guests are coming up with individual shows of their own. Yeah, we've got all unique shows here, and they're shows I never watched, so right. they're all new to me. I'm learning as well as it's so else. fun. Like I, I forget because we've done nine hours of recording today already. Yeah. But if we didn't mention already, 
this show, Rockford Files, was done by the same guy who did Renegade. Stephen J. Cannell. Yeah. Also did A-Team. And, and many other shows, too, that we're not yeah. even remembering. And right the main theme of those three shows, including this one, of course, is convicts who go on to be like... Wrongly accused Wrongly convicts. accused convicts who served time and went on to be like justice, vigilante justice people. Right. So it's fucking cool that they got kept up with that theme and we're huge fans of Renegade. We're huge fans of A-Team. Right. And I think we're on the path to being huge fans of Ren- our, uh, Rockford Files. Yeah. And you brought up something that uh, I asked Murray about because we were kind of reviewing uh, the episode a little bit. That is his dad that shows up at the apartment later on? Yes. Like so much in the old man, yes. Is that like a big part of the show? Like he comes on to kind of like guide his son it, who... It's his conscience. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, Rocky, his father, is uh, a character comes back by every once in a while to, to add a little to it to the plot, but to also to remind uh, Jimmy that there's other things in life he could be doing, like truck driving. <laughs> yes. Oh, was that Rocky's profession, truck driver? Yes, yes. Oh, I think God. they only mentioned that in the first season like 10 or 12 times. Yeah. I <laughs> wish there would be an episode where him and Ronnie Garvin truck drive together. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, like you said, all I remember of the show, I do remember when the show was on because I'm old, but I only thing I remembered was that iconic theme song. Yeah, that was a good theme song. Which we opened with, everybody. Yeah. You're going to be humming that for the rest That's, of your life. Yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah, you get you that. Did, Go ahead. You never know. You never know. You needed that much harmonica, banjo, piano, and uh, jangly rock guitar at the same time. It's more intense than I would ever have thought thought it would be because I had to go listen to it again. I completely forgot it because I have a goldfish brain. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that is that is upbeat, very harmonic. Yeah, it was. Good. And it had the classic '70s opening where it would just be. Still pictures of people, but it's almost animated. Yeah, fast you know? enough where it's yeah. kind of jaggedy animation. And now, uh, uh, Matt, you told us that that opening does tell us a story about Rockford. What What is that story? It's not much. It's more of just setting the mood. I mean, especially that last part where he's in the re- in the grocery store and he's looking down at the steak and at the wine above the steak and kind of you can look at seeing his face and like, can I really afford steak tonight? Mm. It's like now inflation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's an exact time, and it's that. Yeah, Rockford. No matter how noble he is, he's always scrambling for money. Uh, this episode, uh, specifically, that a lot of this stuff happens in this episode because he just needs money now. Right. He's looking for an extra buck because bills are coming in. This is very blue collar. It's very yes. relatable today with inflation as high as it is. High as it is, man, I'm mumbling my words. <laughs> I'm just really interested. I, I'm really focused on something right now, Murray. The game that you're betting on? Matt oh. is up <laughs> near Portland. Yeah. And I just saw an ad advertisement for the Tales of the Territories about <laughs> Portland wrestling. Wow. Ooh. Did you get yourself involved? Like, Did you ever like pay attention to that territory of wrestling? You know, when I was a kid, they used to have Portland Wrestling on local channels, but at that point, I was a little beyond the the um, about the charms of wrestling. I just thought it was a little silly. But the Portland one was uh, especially uh, funny and gritty, and every once in a while, uh, we'd get a little bit of uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, because he lived yep. up here. 
Right. So that that was the interesting thing. I was wondering if you were going to have some fun tales of, you know, your youth watching Roddy Piper or something. Yeah, but. yeah. no, see, I grew up in Salem, which was like, you know, a thousandth of the cool of um, Portland. So I never got okay. any of that fun stuff. Okay. I are you, know guys, you, are you to... sick of all these invaders coming in because of Portlandia? Do you want them this out? That you see, that is the tale of Oregon. Is as long as I've been around, it's just a, been a constant stream of Californians coming up here, and including myself. <laughs> so it's not Seattle people. No, no, no. Seattle, okay. there, there, there is no Seattle. They, they make talk a big game, but Seattle's just a huddle town. Wow. I totally agree with you because I've been. My sister lives in Tacoma, so I've been there like a number of times. I'm like. It's a fucking big deal. Like she moved out there in '92, just coincidentally. It wasn't because of that grunge shit. Because huh. she she went to law school in uh in uh, Seattle, and I was like, it's okay. I mean, I don't know why people are raving about right. it. Right? I mean, no, it's 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 like Starbucks after Starbucks after Starbucks. It's like it, there's no there there. <laughs> well, that's what's slowly happening to Detroit because our, our yeah. renaissance is now is happening. We've been talking my whole life about the rebirth of Detroit, and now yeah. there's actually shit really happening. But it's just we're getting just fucking chain stores and shit. That's the bummer. Know? And you know, I talked to our friend Scratch about that, where it's just like I feel like there is some kind of business happening down there, but it is just our Starbucks. It's yeah, I don't need a fucking Wahlburgers, you know. I don't want a Wahlburgers. You don't want a Wahlburgers. No, I don't. <laughs> We had a cool Greek town where my friends all talked about, yeah, I used to yeah. come down here with my parents to go to like the little hole-in-the-wall Greek uh, restaurants, and yeah. now they're closed, so Wahlburger can serve his shitty <laughs> yeah, cheeseburger. We, yeah, that's what we were known. We don't have a Chinatown, but we had Greek town. Yeah. And like I, I remember there, and like yeah, and then we got the Greek town casino, yep. which sold all the business away. Yep. So now there's like two Greek restaurants in Greek town now. So yeah, it, it, it sucks. We know what, we know what the pain you're going through. Yeah, I I would assume you're just pissed off because I'm sure like the prices of everything have skyrocketed because of the fucking Californians coming up. But that's been that's been a constant issue. I mean it. It's always been that people selling their houses for just unbelievable amount of money and then coming up here and buying some small place with cash and just sitting there and retired at 35. What age? Well, I, I blame Fred Armisen. Oh, no, it's, it, is, it is completely and utterly Fred Armisen's fault. I am so glad we're all on the same page because I was thinking I was crazy by blaming Farm Emerson. I was tired of blaming Joe Biden for things, and I was like, come on, we know Fred Armisen's up to shit. So I'm glad that we're all moving on to Fred Armiston right. being the real problem of America. But let's go to a problem solver. Everybody. Well, yeah, let's let's like we said, Griff and I know nothing about Rockford. So you can give us the the Reader's Digest version about what we need to know about Jim Rockford. Yeah, like some uh, uh, characters, reoccurring, yeah, reoccurring characters. characters. We see some characters, but we—I mean, I'm assuming the cop is a reoccurring character. Who, who's giving him these cases that he's working on? Um, oh, he's an independent private investigator. His. Uh, Ad is in the yellow pages. In fact, I'm wearing his yellow page ad right now, thanks to Abra. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, he find him in the news today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Anyway, you show. can you can find Rockford in the yellow pages. Um, he just he's uh, he just people call him with their problems. Although a lot of his uh, cases involve friends, he has lots and lots of friends, usually a lot richer than he is. That, 
kind of an interesting question. I don't know why they make it so that he he's uh, knows a lot of people, but on that what it is, he doesn't do he doesn't really do divorce cases. He doesn't do any cases that the police are currently working on. Okay. It almost sounds like Magnum PI with a bunch of rich people just kind of like yes. In fact, it is it is very much Magnum PI, but without the 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 beautiful setting or anything like that. It's it's more gritty. It's like a gritty Magnum. No, I I could see that for sure based on like we were talking about all the dingy apartments and everything that they work in. And yeah, seventies were just dingy. Period. Yeah. Yes. yes. In fact, I think if anything describes the seventies better, it's the word brown. Yeah. Earth tones. Earth, Earth tones. They're coming back. Everything's so, coming back. So yeah. So um, Jim Rockford is a uh, not really an ex-convict. He was in prison for a crime he didn't commit. He was given a pardon by the. Um, governor uh which he brings up especially in the first season quite a bit um what was the crime i think it was a robbery i don't remember it one of the things you know if if, if this was a modern show they probably would have had at least five or six flashback shows dedicated to that but being it's rockford he just mentions it and continues on that's all we need yeah, these Arm- shows were designed for you just to just drop down in the middle and you know what you need right. to know. It, you know. Exactly. Although with Rockbird, I'd like a few of his contemporaries or ones before him there, there's a little more element of not so much uh, plots going from episode to episode, but at least themes and uh, common characters. Yeah. So, and... Uh, there are a lot of writers in Rockford that ended up in modern times. Like David Chase was a writer on uh, Rockford, and he would, of course, go on to do uh, The Sopranos. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, and 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 there are a lot of uh, mob episodes hmm. in in uh, Rockford where you can really feel David Chase kind of um, sharpen his teeth. Interesting. You know, we we talk about a lot about, and I think mo- both me and Murray do miss these days of these TV shows where they're just kind of one off. Like you get the idea of the character, their motivations, like where they lie on the neutral line of law enforcement and everything. And now everything today, like I don't even watch modern TV too well. Like all the shows that are happening, I'm pretty bad about watching them. Not that I'm against them, I just don't watch them. But everything nowadays is like ten episodes of a continuous story. And I miss these days of just kind of like one-off stories. One and done, yeah. One yeah, and one, done. And, one and done. Your, your 45 minutes are over, and you don't have to worry about it for the next episode. It's just so nice to pick it up, especially for somebody like me. Like, I watched, me and Murray were talking about for a while, uh, Karate Kid. And I would start to watch it, and I got really into it. And I finished the first season, and I started the second season. And I did three episodes of the second season. And then I stopped, and I never went back. And right. if you ask me, do I like Karate Kid? I'd say, yes, I love that show. It's really good. Did you finish it? No. I stopped at the third episode of the second season. Why? I don't know. I just, I, I hate it. I hate, I hate our modern media. I'm done. Yeah, they Rock. stretch out a story a little too long. That yeah. Has to be. Can we stretch this story out now? <laughs> well, I, got, I, I do have a question. Okay. All right. So I'm I'm assuming Dennis the cop is a regular, right? Dennis the cop is a regular, and it actually gets a fairly uh, elaborate character arc. He's, oh, okay. He starts out as Sergeant De- um, 
Sergeant Becker, thank you. Okay. I, I got a backseat uh, driver with me. <laughs> we we we, we ra- <laughs> She's being recorded too. Yeah, we we raided the local uh, beer shop and are now um, taking part of some of the stuff we brought home. Good, good choice, good choice. Yeah. So yeah. So Sergeant Becker, whom I think Jim met in Korea, and I think that's why they have a bond. But they don't really delve into it. Going back to the let's not worry about you know uh, plots going on forever and ever. Um, he occasionally helps Rockford, um, but really is annoyed by Rockford and feels that his career is hampered by Rockford. But yeah. you can see, you know, he starts out as a sergeant and ends up a lieutenant by the time the season's over, the series is over. And I think he actually does. I I haven't seen any of the actual movies from the eighties. I think he actually gets farther than that. But you can actually see that he he gets farther up into the police, and he actually gets a really nice story arc. Does he ever grow a beard? Because we see that he is meticulous about his facial hair. <laughs> Wait, Becker or um, Becker? He's, we see him actually using an electric shaver in this episode. Well, no, he's a cop. He has to be clean shaved. Yeah. Oh, okay, I think, so I think I, it was. I don't know if electrical rates. That was a big seventies thing because Kojak is also seen shaving his head Constant, and his yeah. face yeah. on the job. Yeah. Now there also was a very hairy character named Angel. Is Angel a regular? Angel is a regular and probably oh. one of the more famous characters to come out of Rockford. Um, he is is he's he he is a uh, he, they met in prison. Um, Angel is a. Uh, a died con, a died in the wool con artist. That's all he does. He's always trying to get into schemes, and that's usually what happens when he shows up in any episode in Rockford Files. He's usually doing a scheme and brings uh, Rocky uh, Rockford into it. Okay, this is this is one of the few episodes where Rockford actually brings Angel into oh the show. That you see coming from a complete version to the Rockford Files, that was a that was interesting because I thought Rockford was playing the role of Magnum PI, where we see Magnum always twisting everybody's arm and everyone bending to Magnum's, uh, uh, you know, charms, yeah. charms and everything. Yeah. And as we know, as we talked about, uh, it's because the push that's coming in for Magnum PI, everyone wants the cast offs, right. but with Rockford, you don't really see that. So I, I was I like, I can Wait. believe it. Cause I mean, James Garner is a charming, very charming guy. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's obviously that, uh, that, uh, Rockford's character, uh, rolled really high, uh, numbers for his charisma because yes, everyone does love him. Right. I can see that. Yeah, I get it. He's got, the all right, Griff, we're going to get into this. Episode. Oh, we're going to get into it. I mean, do you, is there any other like background questions you need answered? What was the earliest age you remember watching a Rockford File episode? That's my favorite question. Okay, yeah. Probably, you know, five or six. My father used to have it on in the afternoons. Okay. And do you remember when you finally watched it and you're like, I want to keep watching this? Yeah, it was. It was probably we were stuck in Atlanta. And I was working from home, and it would be on the TV, and I'd be sitting there programming away while watching a Rockford episode. Like, this is awesome. Oh, programming. What language are we programming in? Uh, the progress. What? Obscure I, language. <laughs> I've never heard of that language. That was this. This. This was. This was the turn of this. Turn of this twenty-first century. Um, and use programming in progress, which was its own language and its own database. 
Oh, God. Oh, own database. Fucking disgusting. Yeah, there we go. What industry uses that? It was mostly industrial. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's funny. Oh. I was working for a company in Atlanta, but they also had, at that time, they had uh, an office in Detroit. Ooh. Interesting. Was it Omni? <laughs> I can't remember the RoboCop thing. Was it Omnicore? Or was it was Omnicore, yes. I was programming... <laughs> I was programming. You're behind Ed, Ed 316, whatever the fuck. Yeah, exactly. Doing. That's exactly yeah. it. Oh, shit. As long as you didn't work on those Tesla cars, you're fine. Yeah. Now, the Rockford character, is there anything you see yourself in in Rockford, or do you aspire to be like Rockford? It's the. He's straightforward, and he almost always does the right thing, even if it's not for almost always the right reasons. Yeah. Not just, that's just me in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's uh, multiple different coins being flipped there, and not all of them are completely honest. But in the end, they rule on the side of honesty. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Right. Are we ready? We're, We're going to do this? Everybody, guess what? The episode is starting <laughs> now. Yes. It's like an AEW match. We fought on the outside of the ring for the last 35 minutes, and now the bell has rung. We're in the ring. All right. Rockford Files. Season 1, episode 19. Counter gambit. Counter gambit. All right, we get the we get the opening. I I guess we get uh, Rockford gets a call from his buddy Jack. He's at the airport. I call them Rockford through all the notes, and then I learned there was no. I call them Rock through all the notes. So and did then, I. And yeah. then his dad came into picture Rocky, and I was like, oh shit, can I not use Rock anymore? No. So I used Jim. Is Jim his nomenclature throughout the series, or what did what do the people use? It's Jim or Jimmy. Okay, so or we just Rockford. Or, or, or with Isaac Hayes, Rockfish. Excuse me? Isaac Hayes has a role in this show? This He's show been in two episodes. And he called him Rockfish? Rockfish. <laughs> I like that. Stonefish was my favorite fish for the longest time. Well, see, see there, there's a connection there. That's a connection. Anyways, Jimmy. Jim. Yeah, so I guess this this the show always opens with this opening about somebody owing him money and not paying him off. He's like, I got, I'll get your five hundred dollars. I see you next year. Yes. Oh, really? That was an ongoing trope. I completely forgot about this opening scene. Yeah. Well, it wasn't that memorable. It was, yeah. Really. Uh, it, well, it I, was in this case. It was his answering machine and his answer machine, which I believe is probably a uh, it probably um, influenced uh, Frazier. <laughs> that there's always at the beginning of an episode the answer machine picks up and a pithy uh sentence or two is given about why uh why Rockford is owed money or owes money. Oh, so it's always different each episode. Every single episode is a different uh answer machine. Okay, I was completely in the dark on that one. I thought it was for this episode. You know the one connecting tissue of all our copying fields answering machine i know i was just gonna say and he pulls open the drawer and there's the double reel the reel fucking giant cabinet answering machine and before martin riggs jim rockford lived in a trailer on the beach or do you live on the beach no he lives in a parking lot on the beach i mean (laughs) it's it's the epitome of jim rockford he lives in a crappy dilapidated trailer on a parking lot of a restaurant overlooking the beach i love it it's great that was a trailer? Yeah, he was living in a trailer. Single wide. Was... Not just oh. not just any trailer, it's a single wide mobile home. 
I thought that was an apartment for some reason. <laughs> oh, that's the one thing I remember about Rockford Files. They wow. It looked cozy. But look at where <laughs> I'm living now. Because it was a now. set. Yeah, yeah look at I... where I'm living now. Of course, yeah. My grandma did live in a double wide, so yeah. I thought that was cozy too. My grandma's house, of course, is in that movie, Youth in Revolt. I didn't know that. Another famous connection. We're learning of two famous Griff connections <laughs> to celebrities this week. Yes. Make sure to listen to our Thanksgiving episode to go. get that other one. Um. Anyways. All right. So Jim gets called in. Rockford, Rocky, whatever you want to call him. He gets called to prison. Jimmy or Jim is what we agreed on. I'm calling him Rockfish. <laughs> right. Rockfish. Let's just call him Rockfish. He gets a call from an old prison buddy, not so much of a buddy. I first I first saw this guy. I'm like, is that William Smith? I know. And then I was like, is that Robert Zadar? He looked like if William Smith and Robert Zadar had a baby, this actor would come out. So close. Because he had that stocky build of Robert now, Zadar. This is Eddie Fontaine, a 50s recording artist. Wow. What did he record? He recorded Nothing Shaken. Nothing shaking. Of course, we all remember that song. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing shaking, shaking. So he's like, Moss is the name of this convict. And he's Mm -hmm. like, Moss, why did you call me? And last time I saw you, you beat the shit out of me and put me in the fucking prison infirmary for five months. Right. Look, I didn't mean that, Rockford. I need need you on a case. I'm looking for this broad. I'll give you $200 if you can find her. Of course. Uh, Jimmy's got to ask questions about it. Why would you want to find this broad? You're in prison. What does it matter? Well, she happens to meet by broad, and I need to make sure she's not hooking up with another guy, see? And he's like, look, man, you almost killed me. I'm not going to work for you. Get the fuck out of here. But then he's, he remembered those bills he had. Yeah, so he's like, I'll think about it. Perfect fucking epitaph for the working class. Yeah, my ethics tell me not to do it, but also GTE's knocking at my door expecting me to pay I've the bills. I've done plenty of jobs I didn't want to do because I needed money. So Tell me I'm, about it. I know it. what Rockfish is talking about. <laughs> Look, you've been stung by many bees <laughs> yeah. metaphorically, metaphorically, and, and literally. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes back to the old trailer, the old single wide. Can't even afford a double. <laughs> and he's looking, he's got his dentist bill way past due, Griff. I imagine everybody has gotten the call from their dentist saying, Yeah, if you don't pay the bill, we're going to take your fillings. You've gotten that, haven't you, Matt? Oh, yeah, constantly. <laughs> he's right now, he's talking to us without any fillings. Probably painful to drink those. Uh, uh, crisp stouts. Crisp is that a good adjective? Yeah. Well, it's really hard because the stout I just had was so thick I actually had to chew it, and it's really hard to chew without my fillings. You're just talking about everything that steered me away from stouts. They're just too thick. It's it's toast in a glass. Yeah, exactly. I'm a thin boy now. I wear turtlenecks. I speak to people by looking them in the eye. He is wearing a turtleneck right now. I am wearing a turtleneck. So and I guess. He- in Detroit. Well, that's the perfect place to wear it because it makes me – when I stick my neck out, people notice and they leave me alone. So he's he's uh, haggling with his dentist. He's like, look, can I just pay for half of the filling? Just half. And, he's like, and he gets a knock at the door. He's like, I'll call you back. I got to call you back. It's, it's fucking Moss. How did we let these prisoners out of prison? We should – Immediately murder these it's people. It's not Moss. It's not it Moss. Moss. It's, it's, it's Moss's lawyer. 
good. Kramer. I don't recognize. I just see ugly. I don't see faces. I see ugly. Once again, this is the seventies. It's pretty much all ugly. Yeah, everybody had like a comb over. Even people that weren't bald. You know, yes. was... was this that actor Emmett Walsh? No, he was. He's later on. He's the insurance guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so he's just like Rockford's like fuck Moss. He, he gave me nothing but trouble in prison. I don't want to work for him. Well, where do you see the dame you're looking for? He pulls right. out a nice headshot of Maria Heller. Okay, okay. Question. Young person needs to ask a question. Is this how door-to-door people used to be where they would not take no for an answer and they would put their foot in the door and just push their way in? Because we see that multiple times in this episode. This is why we have ring doorbells. Yeah. I imagine yeah, You ever is. had one of those like church people? They say they don't say no for an answer. Absolutely not. Oh. Oh, Jehovah man. Witness. As yeah. you know, with Millie, I can't talk to anybody at my door because she will be in a murderous rage. Right. So Spectrum came the other day, and I was holding her back, telling the guy, I don't need your cable service. And he was like, okay. So we see uh, Maria Heller played by Mary Fran. Who all I know her from is she was Bob Newhart's wife on the Newhart show. Okay, Bob. He and... sounds like a bald guy. Bob Newhart, he is a bald guy, yeah. Nice. See, yeah. I got it. I got bald radar. And he's, he's good friends with uh, Rickles. Don Rickles? You know who Bob Newhart is? I know the name. Yeah, he was... He, well, it's just funny they were best friends because he's the total polar opposite of Rickles. Like, he was very, like, low-key comedian, you know? Okay. And Rickles is like, you're suck my dick, hockey puck, you know? Oh, shit, okay. You know? So we're comparing Conan O'Brien to Dan Cook here. <laughs> No, Rickles is way better than Dan <laughs> Cook. How dare you? So even like uh, Rockfish is like, how did that guy like Moss get abroad like Maria? And he's like, look, you heard of the term slumming? <laughs> oh, Murray. Slumming? Is this coming up again? It's It always comes up, yeah. And we did not choose this episode, by the way. We did not. It just so happens that slumming is something that the ladies. I'm are just upset it. that there's an Isaac Hayes episode you did not pick, Matt. What the fuck? Well, man? well, well. First of all, um, Aubrey got me a Blu-ray set of this for my birthday gift, so I've been stuck on season one because it's been a lot of fun. But two, I really feel the first season is just like the best examples of noir on TV. When you get it later into the episodes, they get a little more um, gimmicky. Oh, okay. okay. So I, I was sticking to this first season. I did I did look at the, the two Isaac Hayes episodes, and the, they are a lot of fun. Um, he, one, of them, one of them includes Louis Gossett Jr., who could have really gotten his own show after his he, – he's been on a couple episodes. Um, you, know, you know what this is called, Griff? This is called uh, Matt teasing us. I was just going to say. angling for a second shot. This, this, is, this is rock teasing, yes. Yeah. Uh, I was just talking about my rock. I was ju- I segue to ask you guys about door to door salesman. And there he was nudging his arm into the Golden Globus doorway <laughs> with right. Isaac Hayes and these other episodes and characters right. who deserve their own episode. Well, yeah. We'll and see. Magnum P.I. Mm-hmm. Is there a crossover between there Magnum? Be a- no, they can't. no, no, no. <laughs> that would be too cool. How would that work? Their coolness would just like chan- cancel each other out. Yes, yes, they would. would and they would find and who and what? Who would the babes take? Rockford or uh, Magnum? Uh, depends on the age. 
Yeah, I think and an older... when watching Rockford, if you look at the ages of his girlfriends, they have nothing to do with his own age. But when they have two different big fists to choose from, yeah, that's the question. And the short shorts, who's going to be shorter? Yeah, yeah, it depends on how shallow you are. And I would, I and would, if you're into clean shaven or not. Yeah, I would lean toward. I like Rockford better. He's, but I just make he's more gritty. Well, the hairs off the ears, and yeah, he has exactly. no facial hair. So exactly. Murray, say no more. I get it. <laughs> right. You're a total Magnum guy. Oh, yeah, of course, but. Yeah. But to be honest, the, uh, Tom Selleck does show up in two episodes of later uh, Rockford as Jim White, the world's most perfect person and private investigator. <laughs> I love that we can hear Opera. <laughs> That's good. I lo- that reminds me of uh, one of Mr. Sewick's favorite movies. Oh, excuse me. Yacht Rock, Sean's favorite yeah. movies, uh, Buckaroo Banzai, because there was the character Perfect something yeah i don't remember yeah perfect tommy or something perfect like tommy and I, I yeah i always appreciate perfect tommy okay so uh let's go back to some not so perfect not people. so perfect tommy he's like look you know you know rich girls they love those greasy grimy criminals we need to remember remind everybody we're talking to moss's lawyer right now yeah. between rockford and Moss's lawyer. He has provided a picture of the girl that Moss was hoping Rockford would find for him. Right. And he's because he's like, because Rockford's like, how 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 would she wind up with Moss? She looks like a good, clean girl, and Moss is Moss. Didn't they even like say she was a rich girl or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because they talked about the slumming, which again is how we ended up getting completely off topic. (laughs) We cannot help ourselves. We're disgusting. Right. So, I mean, come on. You, we all know what slumming is. That's what she was doing with Moss. Right. And the he's lawyer like, explained slumming again for the TV audience. Right. And it's like, how would a nice cashier's check of 500 big ones? He bites down onto it as if it were, you know, a gold bullion yeah, or like something. This, he bites down and says, this cashier's check is real. I, yep. I bit into it. Yep. And he looks at the, looks at the uh, dentist bill. He's like. It's four hundred and ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. He's like, I gotta. Do I have to talk to Moss at all? Nope. You'll be dealing with me. And then he's like, Deal. I'll do it. So the next scene, I guess they they know where she's been. Her last lo- known location, some like fucking apartments, like hotel, motel. Yeah, it looked like a motel. It looked um, like the the motel that. Uh, uh, wings beat the shit out of ginger. Uh, it definitely uh, did. To be honest, yeah. this is what an apartment looks like in California. So, oh, it's, okay. it, it, it could very well have been an apartment for filming purposes, but I've been to so many apartments in in Southern California or the Bay Area where it just looks like a motor ho- motel. Okay. Yeah. What's the hardest thing to move from apartment to apartment? Piano. Piano. That's the right answer. <laughs> Our guests are the best guests. They yeah. know everything. Yeah, you can't trick these guys. Uh, so he does the perfect, he does the Superman move. You disarm people with glasses. It's like Griff wears glasses to disarm people. Yeah. I, we're on a podcast. People can't even see me, and I wear the glasses. And they think I'm the baby. I mean, they know I'm the baby face. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Chris a monster. Yeah. <laughs> you look like, you look like uh, Bruce Lee in Fist of Fury there. Did Bruce Lee have a mustache? No, uh, glasses. Well, okay. in Fist of saying... Fury, to, to, so he looks totally oh. nerdy. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, that, that's the Superman thing. Like we would, yeah, I would exactly. never think a guy with glasses could kick anyone's ass. Yeah. They're losers. They're that, nerds. That's, yeah. That can't be Bruce Lee. He's got glasses on. Is this a normal Rockford thing, too, to go undercover with glasses on? This is a constant uh, running gag. Okay. It's wearing glasses. glasses in his glove box. Yeah, or, and he also has a, uh, a business card printing machine in his car. He constantly creates business cards so he, that he can oh. portray himself as the person in glasses. I love that. Okay. So this uh, Roos is – he's working for the Rothschild Beauty Foundation, which was believable back then. He had the Avon lady back in the 70s. So okay. It's believable. And he's just like – a man answers the door, Harry – who we learn will learn is the partner of Moss, right? And he's like a, a, a handsome guy. Like you must have a lovely lady that needs makeup. I can tell that you are in to wet ass pussy. You <laughs> must have a fuck wife somewhere in this house. I got to tell you, I got a product that she will be in love with. Of course, he does not know what to do with this information, just like Murray does not know what to do with this information. <laughs> yeah. I'm throwing at him. He's yeah. shaking his head. What are you talking about? This man is also confused. So Harry's like, uh, no, I'm not interested. We hear uh, Maria call out from the bathroom. She needs a towel or some shit. Right. And he's like, no, he, he doesn't shut the door. He So I just said this about 70 salesmen. Would this be would this be like in your mind? Because we know you like Griffin. If a door is ajar, can oh, you walk no. into someone's apartment no this is why i asked you guys this is in your realm this is in your <laughs> 70s realm here yeah. where you just fucking put a foot in the door and you're like well they didn't shut the door so i'm welcome in yeah. that's beyond me but he comes in with his pre-gwyneth paltrow a vagina candle because he was pushing all kinds of various pussy products on him so he lights one up puts it in the corner and then he goes over and looks at you know the pictures and everything, and yeah. there's where he finds a picture that is identical. What kind of per, what kind exactly of person the same. puts a picture of themselves up? How no, that's so not with other people, but like a headshot, <laughs> yeah. like you're a fucking high school student or something that your mom put up in the house. Yeah. But no, she's so vain that she has this picture done and she puts it up on her own like wet bar, dry bar, whatever bar. Okay. Harry comes back out. It's like, what the fuck are you doing in my apartment? What is that smell? It smells like pussy in here. <laughs> Sir, I got to tell you. Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy. <laughs> you don't even know who she is. <laughs> she is probably two years old at this time. Disgusting. And he throws him out, as you should. A guy who puts a, a child's pussy gallon <laughs> in the line. Well, that. at least for him, it's a stranger, and he doesn't <laughs> understand what's happening. So... The next morning, Jim just goes back to the trailer. He's like, I tried, you know? Yeah. Moss shows up. He guess he got just got released. Where did and Moss is like flashing all this money around? Where did he get this money? He gives uh Jim like two hundred at the prison and then another five hundred. Where's he coming up with this shit? Man, you know where people in prison get this kind of fliff? <laughs> I assume selling drugs. Or or hot cocoa. I've heard that's a hot commodity in prison. I I am an expert in being a prisoner. You know, yeah. mm. it is it is. I spent a few usually. I was I was rooming with Rockford Rockfish, that I called him, and <laughs> hot cocoa. You trade. Isaac Hayes and Rockfish. 
The hot you... cocoa trade was was, <laughs> was pretty hot. Well, no, you, no pun intended. You know what the hot commodity is nowadays in prison, right? Wi-Fi? I don't know. Ramen noodles. Uh, um, cell phones. Oh, is it cell phones too? I've never had. If you ever had ramen noodles made in a prison toilet, it's, it's the best. <laughs> it's <a> culinary <laughs> masterpiece. Yeah. Wash that down with a glass of Pruno and your whole right. evening's made. That, you that is, Get yourself a homemade tattoo. You You're know, good. if we were able to make like fun action movies today, that is an action movie I would make. Where like that was, you know how we always like to do uh, prisoner artwork and everything and struggling people and their artwork is so valuable. That would be a thing. We would take rich people in tuxedos through the prison and we would make them eat toilet ramen. And they would be like, oh my God, this is fascinating. Yes. Am I the only one seeing this vision? Okay. Yeah. I'm one of the vision I'm seeing, Rockford. Or I call him Rockfish. All right. So uh, Moss is pissed off. I mean, Rockford's been on the case for a day and still hasn't solved the crack the case. So he's How like, the fuck? He's like, I gave you $500 fucking dollars, Rockford. Get me some fucking results. He pulls a gun on Rockford. This is exactly how the tech world works, by the way, Murray. Okay. You'll tell somebody, yeah, this will probably take like a week's worth. Can you get it done in a day, maybe? No. It's going to take time. Sounds like Elon Musk and Twitter right now. It is Elon Musk and Twitter. How do you feel about that, Matt? I am laughing my ass off. Exactly. The, 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 the whole idea that the best programmer is the person who produces the most lines of code is just absolutely hilarious. I love it because the idea of programming is just like if you can condense the material to make the program run faster, it's better. Yeah. What was and the that, one today Aubrey sent me is that he doesn't um, – Musk doesn't understand what a for loop is. Oh, if he, if he does, if he needs to do another iteration, he just copies and pastes the previous iteration. I, I just saw a vanity plate driving out here that said for loop, and I had no fucking clue what that. That meant. might be it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're gonna have a fun time. I'm not even a good programmer at all, but we'll have a fun time looking at the the basics of programming. My favorite that I saw were somebody, and this is straight out of a '90s movie. Somebody had a meet with Musk. And he wanted to review their code. So we turned his uh, browser setting to dark mode because that looks cooler. And then he pulled up the source code to like a kid's game. I forget which kid's game it was. And they were just looking over the various source code for that game. And just like a, a idiot audience to, you know, unaware programming, they would just see lines of code. And they'd be like, oh, that's really neat. But it was like the source code for a giant omelet in a penguin-based kids game. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's how we post videos. That's quality code right there. I could tell. Yeah. And Elon, of course, is going, fuck, you're doing good work. That would probably be the fun part about working for an idiot like that is you would just show him anything. And because yeah. if you do anything slightly confidently, he'd be like, yes, yeah, that's how the world works. You're moving up yeah. to the top. Meritocracy doesn't work. You just have to lie to the right people. Yeah. You know, you're getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Elon Musk is such a wannabe oh, Bond villain. It's like, dude. Yeah. Like... I don't like that you said, now nah, you're getting it. I've gotten that. <laughs> but it's just funny to me that now the world gets to see this whole stage on Twitter that is crashing. It is, is it? I haven't noticed any difference at all. Supposedly I, it's crashing. I mean, I'm so... not getting any bot followers, so that's good. So. Uh, uh, what's his face? Moss goes, Jim, we're going straight to that fucking bitch, Maria, and we're going to get 
whatever. He, whatever I forget. He's just like, I forget his cover. He's just worried she's going to cheat on him or something like that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. So they drive. <laughs> they drive to uh, Harry and Maria's place. Yes. I've got questions about this Maria woman. I don't know. Like, so she's slumming with Harry now. I see. I, that's I, a that's a plot point. So we can't really talk about that. Okay. okay. So they, well, they, they Matt's doing such a good job of keeping us on track with the story. Right. Well, somebody's got to. Yeah, someone's got. We, to. we did two hours and forty minutes. I time got for fuck's sake. Right. I, really, only two hours and forty minutes. That <laughs> must be one of your shortest ones. Well, <laughs> we actually did go back in time while we were recording the episode to make it. Uh, short. Yeah. We're, okay. we're talking to you with mullets right now. Yeah. <laughs> and so, well, well, to be honest, it's Detroit. I thought you all had to wear mullets because of hockey. Uh, we're not hockey town anymore. Yeah, we're only hockey town when we win. And then the we Red don't give a shit. Fucking we well, I guess they got a winning record now, but they fucking suck. Yeah, we're oh. nothing. We're nothing town now because all our teams suck. Can I digress for a moment? Sure, you can. We go and go to theater. Oh, of course, yeah. you can. Okay, then. Aubrey and I were living in D- in uh, Denver. Okay. Uh, 2000, 2001. and we're I got watching. A lot of problems with Denver. Yeah, well, so does everyone else. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, tell, so we'll we tell were watching story about Denver. Go we ahead. decided we were Avs fans, right? Oh, If you recall, they played uh, the uh, Red Wings in the playoffs. Of course, yes. we recall that. Claude Lemieux, and we remember. That. It was a really good series up until uh, Detroit just smears the Avs all over the ice. What was it? Seven yes. one or something like that. Like a not even a hockey score. That that was one of the craziest games. Patrick Waugh, the best goalie in hockey today, gets fucking blown out just seven to one. Screamed. I mean, you could yep. just see the he's just checked out. And yep. and you know, good goalies when it's bad, they just pull them. Yep. And and put in the uh, rookie. No, they just left Waugh out there to hang. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So was that the game when Claude Lemieux cheap shot at Chris Draper and busted his face? As, as far court? as I remember. From them, that's all the Red Wings were known for was cheap shotting people. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> oh. That was the wrong way. Yeah, no, no, we're talking about the Avs cheap shotting Chris Draper. No, was... no, 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 no! I all I remember was the Red Wings just putting players all over the boards. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The Red Wings uh, were Auburn known for their aggressiveness in those era <laughs> because they all they had was fancy Europeans who could dance around everybody. And the one guy we had who was tough got in a car accident, and now we're still paying his bills until Big Gretch said, no, we can't pay your bill anymore, and gave everybody a 200 I'm still a little upset about that. I'm glad Big Gretch is back in office, but I'm upset because we had a thing that was helping Konstantinov stay alive, essentially, and we took that away. Yeah. That was that $400 check we got was all the money that was basically going to people who were injured in right, car. Yeah. 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 Sorry, we got a little too personal, and we got into the ads. And uh, fuck Claude Lemieux. And we used to pass around newspaper clippings. I was in the sixth grade when that happened, and we passed around news clippings of his bloody face all over the ice and uh, McCarty standing over him. McCarty is still treasured in this town. He does whatever the fuck he wants. Cocaine, usually. He's, he's, he's right up there with uh, with the uh, bad boys of the distance. Oh, we love those guys. Look at this. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this cop in the field. We're not just getting the Rockford man. We're getting the full, full picture. 
right. we didn't we didn't even know how to ask him about hey did you ever live in denver the worst <laughs> fucking city in the world <laughs> yeah. it's, it's <laughs> not the worst city in the world it's a very pretty city but it's uh <laughs> we haven't gotten into it but griff just a couple weeks ago had a very awful week in denver which we oh, i i think we may talk very, about in a future episode some, sometime in the, in the later future when, when he's I, when he's uh, he's come to grips with it yeah when, when i come to grips with it grips <laughs> all right so they go to the apartment they spot harry putting out the trash uh boss's pummels him he's like you motherfucker yeah, moss pins him he says that's fucking harry right there pull me up pull up to harry they get out. Moss is all over him. A gun is pulled. The scene is fucking crazy. Of course, Rockford's like, whoa, 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 what's going on over here? Always calming the situation down with his right. chill attitude. Yeah. And Harry's just like, look, because he's like, where the fuck is Maria? And he's like, she bailed on me this morning. I don't know where the hell she is. And he's just like, look, look, don't kick my ass, Moss. He slaps around a bit first. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, just let me explain myself. And Moss isn't having it. So him and Moss and Jim get in the car. Oh, no. She, he tells her that she disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. That morning, she just packed her bags and was gone. Right. I said that. Oh, okay. And then, and then Jim's like, well, problem solved. I, we found where she was. I, I don't know where she is now. You wanted me to find her where she was. And right. that's where she was. That's where she was. And so Jim just goes home. <laughs> and he gets a knock on the door. And this is where uh, Emmett Walsh of uh, Missing in Action fame. And many other films. But we only covered Missing in Action. Okay. That's the one one you need to listen to. He played a guy named Edgar Birch, who's an insurance adjuster, or so he claims to be. Okay. And first thing he does is immediately gets all uh, hard on uh, Rockfish. He's like... Hey, uh, yeah, I noticed you were hanging out with a uh, a parolee with, with a gun. Right? How did he know this? I don't remember. Well, th- that's the good. Oh, he question. was following. He said he was following. Them. He said he was following. Yeah, me. Okay. yeah, that's true. So he witnessed everything. He's like trying to strong arm Rockford and help. Was this Emmett Walsh? Yes, this was yes. Emmett Walsh. Okay, good. I recognize him. And, and so can he... I just point out here, M. Emmett Walsh here is thirty eight years old. 38? Yes, he is 38 years old. This is this is the 70s in a nutshell. A yeah. balding man with giant uh ugly glasses and he's 38 years old. Oh my god. He looked older than uh than James Garner who's about 45 or 50 at the time. <laughs> Everybody yes. like I I think about that like when my mother was in high school, she looks like she's 35 in her high school picture. Yeah. Everyone just looked old back then. Yeah. Uh, the honeybee hairdo and everything. Like, my grandma used to have the wall of their 94 children, and it's like all those people at 18 look like they're 27. Yeah. So I always it's felt young hairdo, around that. not a honeybee hairdo. What is it called? The beehive. The beehive. Yeah. What did I call it? It's a honeybee. You're oh, okay. close. You're yeah, in the yeah, ballpark. Whatever. I was in the ballpark. So he immediately starts strong-arming uh, Jim to work for him. Right. Yeah, like you said, he's trying to push it like he's got some kind of leverage on him with the whole you're hanging out with parolees well he says you're a parolee he's like motherfucker i got pardoned first of all he hadn't been in prison in five years i don't think parole lasts that fucking long so he's just like you got nothing on me bitch uh rockford rockfish calls him out on it and he's just like why are you trying to strong arm me into a situation oh sir i'm just trying to simulate an atmosphere of cooperation 
and Bruford's like, beat it. I don't give a shit. I'm, I got pardoned. I'm not an ex-con. So you can't do anything to me. And that's where we see Edgar. He brings up, well, the property. He's like, the property? What are you talking about, the property? This is where Edgar reveals he works for an insurance agency. And we learn that this has nothing to do with a, a two-time woman. Moss and Harriet stole in a pearl necklace worth 250k. Just after inflation, Griff, $57 million. Just $57 million, everybody. <laughs> and, but they were never able to prove that they stole it because they got arrested for another crime. Yeah. So he's, he's like, look, the insurance company already paid out. But this is where it gets hazy for me, this, this story, because... But I won't get into it yet. And he's like, but they have an incentive program where if you can track down stolen merchandise, you can get 25% of that, that payout. This, I'd be willing. This so is if, actually one of the more common story elements of the Rockford episode. So is that he often does insurance jobs or he just goes and finds something and gets an insurance fee for it. Okay. Oh, okay. And when Jim hears that, he's like, uh, talk to me a little bit more. Right. Let's, let's I, this. Yeah, it sounds like we got a good deal going on here. A big company with money that's willing to spend. Right. He's like, like, look, to prove that I'm on the up and up, I'm going to take you to see my boss, Mr. Cutter. And it just so happens that Mr. Cutter actually does have a fucking office. And it's booming. There's The phone is ringing off the hook. He's got like three secretaries. And they all have fucking giant reel-to-reel uh, recorders. <laughs> right. Well, you always got to record every phone conversation you have. We learned that from Columbo. Exactly. Rockfish looks into the desk and he's like, oh, shit. Yeah, this it's is fucking real. It's just like Mannix. It's just like Mannix. Which I guess that'll be a future cop in a field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. I, I know of the name Mannix thanks to uh, my guy, favorite guy, MSD3K episode, uh, The Final Sacrifice. We also yeah. knew an awkward young boy named Mannix, too. Which we'll oh, wow. The That's legend sad. of Mannix. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, we did know a kid named Mannix. We would have to do a awkward. teleplay about Mannix. Yeah. Because I've never seen this human <laughs> Oh, you being. never saw Mannix? I never saw okay, Mannix I, yeah. that I'm aware of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so Jim, he's interested now. And Mr. Cutter, he's like, uh, why? This case is three years old. Why are you, why are you guys doing this? Why Why is Jim involved Well, well yeah, what Cutter's interest in it was, like, why are you willing to get this other guy if you've been working on it for three years? Like, wouldn't you want all that money for yourself, that 25% of 250 k which, of course, in Murray math is. Go ahead, hit your chalkboard there real quick. 20, what, in, in 70s money or in today's no, money? No, just 25%, 25% of 250 k is... Seven point three two million. Yeah, it's a lot of money. <laughs> it went up somehow. <laughs> okay, perfect. Uh, so he's like, "Why would you want to give uh, uh, any of your seven point three two million away to this fucking nobody?" Well, you just know how it is. I he's the perfect inside man. He well, already knows it. these guys. It's not even. It's a perfect inside man. He's the only man. Because he's already working for Moss. Right. And uh, Birch knew that. And when when uh, uh, Rockford hears this, he's just like, because he's like, I'm I'm willing to give a 30% cut. And Rockford's like, whoa, 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 30%? 60-40. And he's like, 60-40, you? Fuck yeah, me. I know him, and I'm willing to walk. 
And he gets up to walk, and the guy's like, fifty. I'll give you fifty percent." And he's like, "I like the way that sounds. We'll do that." How good? I mean, you talked about it that he's got a fucking perfect twenty on the charisma scale. Like, where is his uh, perception skills at? Like, because clearly he's got some good fucking perception here. Yeah. And normally, yes, but as we get farther into the story, things kind of turn around. Okay. Would you say Jim Rockford is chaotic good? Yes. Okay. I, I, think if you, I think if you look up chaotic good in a Dungeons & Dragons guy, it would show James Garner. Uh, we record every episode with the second edition of Gary Gygax's uh, dictionary right there. Yeah, there we go. Um, it's right. okay. I'm just rolling a 21-sided die right now. <laughs> 21-sided? 21? Yeah. That's an interesting I shape. I don't know how that's, we got it. That's the Neil Breenson <laughs> one. We always talk about it, it, 21-sided yeah. die. Uh, we don't even see him roll it because when he rolls it, it fades into the trash lodge, and he has to poke his head into it to see what's happening. So uh, Cutter, he gives him a picture of the necklace. He's like, oh, that's a, that's a pearl necklace. I've seen those before. Big oh, deal. yeah. So Jim goes straight to Moss. And Moss is like, why are you here? And of course, it's, well, I just, I'm really interested in this case. I want to find Maria, of course. And Harry's like, we don't need this fucking guy. We can find her our own way. Uh, can you? And that's when Moss and Harry are talking amongst themselves. And Moss is explaining to him, I can't get close uh, to Vanessa. Is yeah, she'll, she'll run as soon as she sees Valerie. me. Valerie. Valerie. Well, Maria is her cover name. Yeah. So I don't think we know that she's Valerie yet. Right. I uh, yeah. So. We we can't get close to her. so this rube probably could get close to her and then we could get our end based on him. Okay. And and what we and what we get here is Jim is seeing a way to make two paychecks. Yes. Wow. He's That's he's got dollar signs in his eyes. He's playing both sides. The exactly. art of the deal. This is the this is actually how a smart person would play both sides though. Now like everybody when I describe somebody, the first thing I say is what kind of drink they like. So Moss goes, let me give you, let me give you the breakdown on this broad. Yeah. Her real name is Valerie. Yeah. She loves balconies, escalators are a turn on, mm-hmm. and she drinks, only drinks scotch with water, no ice. That's no important. Ice. No yeah. ice. She will yeah. throw a drink in your face. Yeah. At this ice. point, though, I must say that he's saying she's calling herself Valerie. He's not giving up the game yet. He's just saying she's now calling herself Valerie. She's pretending to be this other person, even though we're calling her Maria. Very slick on Moss's part. It's it's also interesting that me and Murray have been at the same venue without us knowing we're at the same venue. But Murray apparently has a habit of going to the bartender. He doesn't drink. I drink. And he just goes to the bartender and says, was there a man here ordering a bullet with fringe on? And they always go... He's in the balcony. How did you know? I know that fringe fuck, fuck, fringe, fuck, fringe anywhere. So. All right. So, and he's like, and she's very much into details. She's about learning. She's always taking correspondence courses. Always. That's where you need to find her. So, I don't know how Jim just decides. Well, she's obviously into nude, uh, like, drawings, new sketchings. We're in SoCal, right? Yeah. Right. So, Matt, how often do you get down to the nude art uh, factory and paint some ladies? I live in Portland. It's every day. I mean, in fact, I live near an art center where they do uh, life drawing. But unfortunately, the, all the legs are hairy. So of course. It's, not, it's, it's Portland and the pits. 
Oh my god. Abra has also informed us that you have multiple nautical themed uh, strip clubs. <laughs> we have vegan nautical themed. Uh, that was it. Themed. That was it. Wow. Murray, we're making a trip out to the Just, West to Coast. To be honest, we also have a Greek themed uh, steak strip club. That people say who want to have an eight dollar steak go to a strip club. It's like okay, so you're not getting a good steak or a good stripper. I think we got to go that one, Griff, just to remind us of the old days of Greek town. How much is it to eat a steak off a lady's butt, though? That's what I'm curious about. The when I lived in Atlanta, that was a very expensive thing. Oh, offensive? No, expensive. Oh, expensive. Yeah, in oh fact, they, they just would not take, give you your credit card back. Oh. So, Jim, he goes, a classy lady would be at a nude sketching thing. So, that's where I'm going to go. And lo and behold, she's there. That's right. Jim's working. the. He's doing the, some legs. He's a leg man like me. Right. Just, just the calves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. Really, a lot, of, a lot of accentuation on the ankle too. That's his, right. That's I mean, kink. you say you're a leg man. I thought you were more into like the full leg and the calf. Yeah, and yeah, I like it all. Or uh, the hamstrings and all. The, wait, yeah, I like butt all the way down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's just working on the. Lower. Well, everyone's got their thing. Yeah, you know, and that's his thing: calves, ankle. And, and he's just like he he goes over to uh, Valerie and he's just like, how, "How do you think I'm doing here? This is my first class." And what? she's like. Honestly, it's awful. It's shit. Yeah. What's up with calves? Really? You can't you can't shrimp a calf. Do you think maybe in like the course of a little bit of time? If you're you into could... calves, is that called veiling? You into is that veiling? Because you like calves, like baby <laughs> yeah. calves. Matt, how do you feel about this? <laughs> um, I am not gonna uh, chime in on that. Speechless. Right. Wow. speechless. Actually, I'm speechless. I... Okay. Yeah. But but can I point out? Is it here... because of the moral issues about veal? Is that why you're? Yeah. In well, well, no. It's just I I just don't understand your metaphor here. <laughs> calves. They're made well, from get veal. Calves. Is made from calves. <laughs> it's a perfect metaphor. What the fuck are you talking about? Who the fuck are you? Come on, my fucking show and say that shit. Fuck you. All right, sorry. Wait, I'm sorry. Is, I gotta, let me just point out here after that outburst. Um, yeah, that uh, one of the things, one of the uh, one of the themes in Rockford is that uh, Jim is a person with a champagne taste and a uh, burger budget. So Ooh, you like believe that. you believe Jim when he goes into a life drawing uh, class and actually tries to do something. In in a previous episode, uh, previous scene where M. Emmett Walsh comes in, uh, Jim is quite obviously trying to make himself an omelet. Yeah, during the whole time, he uh, can consistently shows that he has excellent taste, despite the uh, taco breakfast jokes. <laughs> an omelet is called the rich man's scrambled eggs. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, in fact, I believe I saw one episode where he was drinking coffee out of a French press, which I. Didn't know many Americans did in the seventies. That's why he's so broke. He's got yeah, exactly. Pay. He keeps spending it on uh, steak and apparently uh, right. veal like, cats. He's probably, those, he's probably one of those guys that like <laughs> only goes to the dry cleaners. You know, he's like broke, but he has to get all his clothes dry cleaned. Right. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. In fact, there's a dry clean joke in this episode. 
all falls into place. She, yes. Everything falls into place. So she like what she's like, and she's she's inhaling a little of that smog, and she's just like, you think it's smog already? He's he it's admits, California. It's all smog. He emits smog wherever he goes. That's why Jim is so charming. <laughs> There's just a base of cock smog in California. And she's just oh, like, yes. everything is awful, but nudes are difficult. Mm-hmm. First, first this... time I've had an issue. That little yeah. southern charm he puts that on her. Oh, that southern. And that's charm. that seals the deal. They immediately go to. Vinny's on the water. Right. And just remember, this guy's got... Order to veal, shockingly enough. <laughs> God damn it, Murray. Stop it. <laughs> Matt already kiboshed it. Stop making it happen. It's we got great. instant feedback on that one. It didn't work. It just didn't work. Yeah. All right. Try, try a flaw girl uh, joke next time. There we go. Mm. Uh, and so there they are at this bar. And, of course, here comes the bartender to, or- to get their drink order. Right. And, of course, he wants to know if they want their Chinese fortune told. Right. Yeah. And they're like, no. No. Not yet. Not yet. And no he's like, well, right I now. will have scotch and water. No ice. And she's like, hmm. Oh. <laughs> you see her in her fucking crazy hair. It looked I like hate, a wig. Yeah, I it hated was her hair. It, yeah. it creeped me out. And and he's like, oh, you know, I just learned to love it without, without ice in England. England? I've been there. I've heard of that place. A traveled man? You must be so sophisticated. I've had tikka masala. Okay. <laughs> and he's working her. The smog is just surrounding, enveloping her. Because he's is, got all those details from Moss. This is definitely where I saw the smog. Yeah. Yeah. Because once you hit a lady with a fact like, I enjoy tiki masala. Panty dropper. So he's 100%. got her in. He's got her in the smog, dude. So he goes back to Moss. He's like, "I hooked the fish. I just got to reel her in, but I need some more money." Oh, I love this scene. because uh, of course it's just like you know the private detective going to his client to be like, "If you really want to reel in the big fish, you know, you got to put out a big uh fucking lure." And you know what that means? Money. And Harry's like, what the fuck? This, we don't need, we can just get it ourselves. Like, no, I'm going to give him the money. It's like, this ain't a hot dog lady. This lady likes to find a sandwich. She's hot for my dog. <laughs> yes. But she's not warm for that form. And so they hand over the money. So now Jim goes over to, okay, here's the thing. Why was she in this flea bag motel apartment, whatever the fuck? And now she's at this like high rise apartment. Where did she get the money? What's going on with this thing? Matt, we need your help on this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, yeah, this is an interesting question. If we go back to that scene with Harry, yes, we Robot. hear her v- voice, but you'll see he grabs a towel and then just tosses it to the floor. Okay. So I think that gives us a clue here that uh, she may not have been in that uh, apartment slash motel. So it was another woman, a prostitute, perhaps. Princess? Princess? Or a recording. A recording? That's a... Why would he record it? Because, uh, and is this too early to say it, (laughs) this this whole story is a long con. It's the most convoluted con for just 250k. Is this your thing, Matt? Are you going to take us on? Is every cop and field we're going to have you on? You're going to give us the most convoluted <laughs> story, so we can't. Yeah, it's hard enough, all right? 
Well, oh and, and to be honest, this drove Aubra nuts. It took <laughs> her a while to realize the story. It's just it. it well, 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 what about Maria? There is no Maria. I would like to imagine you guys watch. <laughs> I love whatever you're the uh, I'd like to believe you guys watch every show with a chalkboard so you can hit pause and like talk about the logistics of everything. It, it's actually our living room has three chalkboards. Good. Got we, we just start writing whole entire essays about what we're watching at the moment to try to figure out what the real plot is. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to write down the time for this and play it for Kayla because I explained to her we need more chalkboards in her living room. We already have four in there. Good. And yeah. Jim goes over to Maria's lush palatial estate apartment, and he's like, look, I got these documents, these, like, fucking treasury bonds from a client. I I don't know what to do with them. They're, they're worth a lot of money. I, I, I guess I got to go home and drop them off. Right, because this is date number two. Right. And, of course, he doesn't want to interrupt the date, so we, you know, we need to put these somewhere. I'm just from work. I'm a hardworking man. He looks at his Rolex. It's a billion-dollar watch. And you know, every girl's crazy about a hardworking man. Oh, and a sharp-dressed man as well. Uh, that uh, too. And he's a sharp-dressed man here. So, of course, she's just fucking gawking her eyes out. And then, of course, he's got this box straight from work. The responsibility is going crazy here. Oh, no, no, no. You don't have to take it downstairs. I got a whole secret vault in my room. Yeah, the architect of this apartment. Apartment. Put in a put in a safe, and it's hidden. It's got the whole yeah. bookcase. You pull the fake books out. I think you guys can believe how disappointed in life I am that there's not more secret compartments in the various uh, establishments I've been into. I don't have any. Uh, yeah, it's I'm disappointed about that. Yeah. I wanted to believe the first time I came to your house that you had secret compartments. No, I not. I've got one in each room. Fucking wow! Wow! Way to just like rub it in. The West Coast has it. it is Portland. Yeah, Portland. Well, I mean, you, there's a lot of honest, crime in Portland. I yeah, hear well, a lot we, of shitting on, on sidewalks. I hear that. Yeah, there's that, but we we've, we've got to keep our stash safe, otherwise we get it stolen. There oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm more of a guy who puts it behind a big painting of like an old white guy. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah. That's that's perfect. I and mean, I'm also more the kind of guy that has paintings with eye holes that you can pull out. And you I was go just going to gonna ask you that. People. I imagine you have thing. like the spaces in between the walls for oh. you to get in, and then the paintings have the eyes, and they're your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like, just put it in my safe. And then cut to the next day, Rockford's at his, his, his trailer. He's, he opens up that box, pulls out the fake treasury bonds. Underneath, there's another cassette player. A lot of recording Ooh. going on in the 70s. Every every one of these cop shows we've done recently has had a tape recorder in the plot. Yes. To be honest, I think microcassettes were the new thing back then. So it was like, look, we're hip. We have a microcassette recorder. It has made me think a lot about mysteries and how you get like a new angle and how you use a new technology to like give you a wedge or something. And if you know anything about cassette tapes, which I do because up until – my new, my last car. I had a cassette tape. Back in there, in in like 2015, I yeah. had a cassette tape, perfectly crystal clear. When you're listening to a cassette, there's no hissing or anything, Nothing? so he can hear the tumblers <laughs> being moved. So good. This yeah. is so no, believable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no fuzz. No nothing. No high fidelity. 
What you, in fact, you could yeah. hear it's one click in each ear. Yeah, that's all right. They're actually when he was listening to it, a glass shattered. That's how precise. So you won't get that, but there used to be a cassette tape uh, commercial <laughs> where Ella Fitzgerald, I believe, would sing, and it was like oh. they could reproduce the clown. It's so much it would break a glass. Hey, that's good advertisement. Yeah. And so, but uh, to give them credit, he listens to it a couple times before he gets the exact combination. It's seventeen twenty-four thirty-two. I have to 100% say I kind of love the scene we're getting into here. Because as, like you said, he gets the com uh, numbers. Which and- is actually, that seventeen twenty-four thirty-two. those are the measurements of Valerie. Murray She's very is- pear-shaped. There's, there's, there's some really narrow shoulders there. <laughs> well, n- narrow breasts. You, you impressed me, but Matt knows his measurements, and he called you out on that. But I was fascinated by that. Oh. Um, but this is where we get our introduction into a character who's going to help inform the audience about the science that just happened. MacGyver has this character, and Rockford Files has this character. Matt... Please, without further ado, introduce us to Rocky. I'm not sure he's the Q of this show, um, but he is Jim's conscious and his father, Rocky, former truck driver, uh, retired now and probably spent most of his money trying to get Rockford out of prison. But in this case, he comes right in, asks Jim what he's doing. And then, because he's not stupid, figures out what Jim's doing and thinks. Wait Jim is... a minute! He first lets him know he brought some steakums. Oh, he oh, and and beer, and beer, which he drinks. Come Here's on, Look, I brought you beer that I'm drinking. Thank you. We at Golden Globus Theater, we worry about every detail. Steakums, because <laughs> well, steakums are the steakums, fucking yeah. worst. They were. I didn't worst. know they made steakums in the. I remember steakums in the eighties. Uh, Matt, steakums. How do you feel about them? <laughs> um. You ready to stake him? I can't answer that because I'm <laughs> actually a vegetarian at this time. But I do recall when I did eat them, they were terrible. Yeah, they oh, were. Yeah, you can answer them at this time. <laughs> they are terrible. And as people who will eat meat, I, I shake hands with beef. But, yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah up there with turkey bacon. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've ever gone for turkey bacon. I don't think I've had it. I'd rather go from zero to 60 than zero to 20 with turkey bacon. Anyway, yeah. Rocky. So Rocky is his conscience, like like Matt said. Yep. I like that. It's perfect. And he's like, are you gonna? Are you planning a heist? No, I'm not planning a heist. I'm not doing anything. I'm trying to solve it. In fact, let me explain in detail what I am doing. And then he, for the dumb audience, he explains... How he figured out the combination. I really like this, though. It, it's a good, like, succinct 20 or 20, two minute, like, synopsis of what he's trying to do, the, you know, knowledge he's applying to this situation. Right. So now it's the, the third date. And we have, quote unquote, Charlie. That's Jimmy's undercover name, or Rockfish's undercover name. Okay. And she must be smitten because she's going to cook him a dinner. Uh, yeah, if she's not cooking you the dinner by the third date, Bail. get the fuck out of that situation. Bail. Yeah, if she's cooking you steakums on the third day, bail too. Well, yeah. no, no, she's rich here, so I'm sure she's doing something more expensive than steakums, being mm. the '70s. Uh, so let's go with uh, you know, hamburger. 
Mm, uh, they're really expensive. A really expensive cut of hamburger with hamburger helper, of course. Oh yes, there we go. Oh, or if or manwich. Oh, hey, I could have a manwich. Or <laughs> shake and bake. Shake and bake. Remember oh. shake and bake. Uh can I? Is it fondue? Is fondue? That, yeah, that was a very seventies thing. Fondue. Is that expensive fondue? Uh, no. Well, I, I guess if you have expensive cheese, you use. It's yeah. Cheese. Okay. Okay. I would just put American cheese in it. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> big slab of Alveda. I got to tell you, I went over to Government Murray's. cheese. I went over to Murray's house in the middle Never of winter, and house. he doesn't plastic his windows. He puts American cheese slices on his I windows. don't need to plastic my windows, unlike somebody. Uh, you looked at the windows. I have it plasticed. <laughs> looked over here where I have plastic them. Okay, so basically, we're basically saying we don't live like Maria. Uh, and so... He uh he she's doing her woman's work cooking, of course. and he goes goes he know now that he knows the combination he wants to open up that safe right. and get that pearl necklace. She's begging forgiveness. I'm trying to cook you this big delicious uh what did we say man witch hamburger helper uh shake and bake uh shake wow, that's a lot of <laughs> shit going on. There is so many foods happening in that kitchen, yeah. and he's like, babe, I need it all. <laughs> So take your time. I'm a man of the century. I'm a man witch of the century. God damn it. And go ahead. He was giggling. Oh, okay. <laughs> well then go ahead. Give me some more giggles. Give him giggles. So he goes to he opens the safe, sees that the pearl necklace is there, and puts it back. Grabs them, opens them, puts them back. Fingerprints everywhere. Back at home. Jim calls up his buddy Dennis Beck. Is it Becker? And he, Dennis. he needs a little info on the legalities of his plan. You know, before he goes through with his plan, he wants to he wants to cover all his bases. Right. So it's like, look, I got a question. A friend of mine, not me, but a friend of mine, he uh what would happen if he cut got came across some stolen goods and he wanted to re- return them? Legally. Legally. Would he Get, and but he wanted the twenty five percent insurance policy cut for finding them, and he needed the jewelry back in order to claim it. How quickly would he get paid? Would it, would it last like till the, till the trial is over? And uh, Becker's like, no. If they get an appraisal, they'll just get you know they'll give the jewelry back, and you can get your your yeah. And he's yeah. like, by the way, uh, Rockford, I'm not here to answer all your fucking questions. All right, that's not what the police do. Right, I've got. Bagels to eat. I've got donuts in the back. I've got real work to do. I've got some Danishes made by welders. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to remember. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, good day, sir. So we see there's a little fun tension between these right. guys. They and, still love each other, but there's... And Matt helped us understand this relationship with Dennis. This is an ongoing thing. This is right. an ongoing thing. There's a give and take to it. Um Jim uses Dennis quite often to look up uh, license plate numbers or uh, look up um, where people where people live. But uh, Dennis gets his. Uh, there's an episode either earlier bef- before this or after this where um, Jim gets his information, but then gives up his Laker tickets. Ooh, and wow. that's eighty seventies Lakers. Is it seventy three? I not was was Kareem playing in seventy three? I don't remember. I don't know. He might have just came from Milwaukee in seventy three. Milwaukee. Sure. Yeah. 
Kareem was in Milwaukee. Yeah, you got drafted. Yeah, that's when he was Luel Cinder. Oh, he, even he changed Kareem. his name. Okay. Actually, he was still he, – he was with the Bucks until 75, so this would have been a really okay. crappy Lakers team. Norm oh. Nixon or something like that. And, yeah, so so he made out, I guess, a good deal. He gave them shitty Laker tickets. Yeah, really. So, okay, so he gets a, a knock at the door. It's Moss. He just cold cocks Jim, knocks him out. <laughs> Here we are in the apartment. And, of course, Jim has gone with this new information to see Edgar because Edgar was his contact for Moss. So he needs No, to- he wasn't. He, was, they, he didn't know that Moss and Edgar are even – no, together. Edgar oh, no, is thought... an insurance Edgar's the doctor. insurance guy. Yeah. Oh, I thought he was saying that. Yeah, you won't have to talk to Moss anymore. Just talk. That to was me. Kramer, which the we guy that you totally, again. you totally removed from your memory bank. You didn't even know he exists. Who? He, he's Moss such a generic seventies is... guy. You just it, it, he's clean out of your head as soon as the next Moss's lawyer Kramer. You're yeah. right. I remember him now. He's another guy with a comb over. So there's, but that's like every other guy in the seventies had a bad comb over. Is it better that everybody now just shaves their head, or should we have some people with comb over still? No, 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 no. At the shaving the head is so far superior. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. The voice of the Pistons, George Blaha, has been rocking a comb over <laughs> for the past fucking 30 years. And the Pistons years. do have that balding white guy now. Yeah, I and don't see, know. See, we name. have Kevin Calabro here with the Blazers for some reason, even though he was a Seattle Sonics guy, and he keeps it uh, – Shaved and tight, and that's so much better than a comb over. Even fucking Seattle invades Portland basketball. Just because they don't well, have a team anymore. Well, yeah, and we were we were owned by Seattleites. So, oh, fucking next thing you know, Detlef Shrimp is going to show up. Uh, he was actually a Blazer for like that's three right. minutes. You know what? You know what Blazer I despise? Danny fucking Ainge. I hate. I don't. Know I that think one. we all agree that Danny Ainge is a very horrible person. Yeah. Hey, if he wasn't in an NBA Jam, I don't know the name, but I do know Detlef Shrimp. He was in an NBA game. <laughs> and that goes back to another fun story I have of being in Tennessee at a bar by myself, fucking rocking NBA Jam. And the people told me, you have to leave now. People everywhere, you have to leave now. Sitting at the bar, just killing it. Why? Because you were so good or because the, the bar was closing? I guess the it bar was, was because closing. It was four in the morning. Okay. Okay. But you can't stop a guy in the middle of a game. You got to let no. him finish it out. I was being cool with them. I told them, I will tip you a quarter every time you pass by and say, I'm good at this. Nice. All right. So what the fuck is going on? So Jim goes back to the insurance guy, Edgar. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yes. Well, you were thinking he was Kramer, but he's Edgar. Okay. You named him Edgar, but you were thinking he was Kramer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And with all the info about the, the he, that she had, that he he knows that she has the pearl necklace, right? And the location. He, yeah, this is post uh, break in, uh, probably fucked her and all that shit. And this is where Moss comes out and conks him on the head with a gun, right? And knocks him out, right? And basically changes the whole entire story. So where we think, you know, this woman Maria is pretending to be Valerie and she's upset Moss. And then we also have this insurance guy, M.M. and Walsh. All of a sudden we realize, oh, no, something's completely different here. That uh, everyone, M.M. and Walsh and uh, Moss and Harry are all together conning Jimmy. Yeah, because... 
did we did we say it? Am I that stupid? Did we say that uh, he called him out because he did the call into Dennis and said, "How long would you hold it for?" Yeah, we didn't mention that, but yeah, okay. that's how he figured it out. He's how he figured it out. Yeah. yeah. Because because Edgar was all about no 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 we need to get the thing right now so because we're we're, we're not going to tell anybody because we're going to get paid yeah they're going to hold it forever and like, he's like no don't worry about that I, I, I you know yeah, I, yeah. Jim says I uh, called it in they'll hold it for like an hour yeah yeah and that's when Edgar freaks out that's when Moss pops open the yeah. door and that's when it gets bonked so yeah. now Jim comes to and he's like wow there's something funny going on with these guys why was I don't think he even saw Moss. Didn't Moss just knock him out from behind? Yeah. Yep. And then they left. So he goes straight to Cutter's office. He's like, I'm going to talk to this insurance guy. And wouldn't you know it, it's an empty office. It was a front. This is incredible. They're putting it, a lot of money into just getting $250. Yeah, right. They probably spent $200 to do it. I mean, there was at least three secretaries and the boss here. So, I mean, you're paying day rates for at least four or five people just to make it look busy. So he calls home. Does Rocky live with him? No, he the Rocky actually <laughs> yeah. lives in a decent house somewhere up in the hills. But he loves his son so much, he's not willing to put him in another house because his son's trying to make it on his own. That he's like, I'm going to come help you install a lock on your door because okay. that's what he's doing here is setting up the deadbolt. And he calls up, so he calls his dad up, and his dad's like, "Where the hell have you been? The cops have been here three times. They say you stole a necklace, Jim. It's all over the news from some woman named Valerie." And Jim's like, look, no, no, no. He's like, they say your fingerprints were all over the fucking safe. Dad, I'm innocent. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna call. Uh, I'm just gonna give a call to my good cop friend Dennis, and we're gonna get this sorted out. So he calls up Dennis, and he's like, hey, and he's like, Dennis, I'm timing this call, so you cannot trace it. So yeah. don't even try that shit. We know cops are all about tracing calls, right? <clears throat> We've known it for years. And he, and like Dennis is like, we don't need. To trace it, we're gonna find you. We got all the evidence on you, Jim. Jim was keeping a notebook full of details of his espionage, including this combination to the safe. I maybe I'm wrong about this. Is the Rockford Files actually the book he was writing based on the notes of these small cases he was taking? I I wouldn't know because he's. Files being uh, cases, so I, I believe that's just a common name for detective stories or detective shows. I, I I just saw this as the fact that he's keeping a little black book on all of his cases. That's just being a good detective. You're just keeping track of all your um right. You got to keep all your notes. notes and stuff. So of course he okay. had the combo in his little uh, notebook, so he could um, look at it when he uh, opens the the uh, safe. I thought this might be some kind of like murder she wrote type situation where he does all these private investigations and then he goes on to write murder mysteries. No, no, no. He's blue, he's blue collar. He's not a writer. Yeah. He doesn't have that kind of. He could have been the Bukowski of murder mysteries. Well, that would be a completely different show. And I'm pretty sure I'd sign up right now for that. Yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah, the so, Bukowski uh... murders. Yeah. Ooh. Not only does he have the little black book, we also have your little tape recorder gimmick. Yeah. It's an open and shut case. And by the way, your fucking fingerprints were griffing all over that safe. We got you dead right. Like, look, I admit it. I cracked the safe, but I just wanted to see if the necklace was in there. I put it back. 
Well, the, the, why is this, uh, this the pearl necklace gone? Because Moss came with some gloves on and took the necklace. And just when you think you're going to get more details, I know you're taping me. I know you're recording the time. I know you're getting closer to me. I got to go. Hangs up. Well, no. Actually, in this case, oh. this is hilarious. Uh, I admit it. I opened the safe. I didn't steal the pearls. I just looked at them. Yeah. And then... Garner, being a uh, king of reaction sauce, realizes, or Jimmy realizes, oh, I shouldn't have said that, and then hangs up. <laughs> I just, I just admitted way too much. That is good. I didn't really catch that there. I just knew that he hung up on him, but I didn't realize he admitted. Oh yeah, I touched those for sure. Yeah, yeah. that gives a lot away. It makes it very easy for the cops' case that yeah, you were there. You probably did it. Yeah. All circumstantial. So Jim goes to Maria, and he's like, look, I'm innocent. I didn't do it. Can I have 10K? Can... Why did he ask for $10,000 from her? It was a, just 1000 Oh. oh unless, just you're, a thousand. unless you're adjusting for inflation here, and then, yeah, yeah probably well, $2 yeah. million right now. I'm sorry. Oh. I adjusted. <laughs> and he's like, you know what? You ever been to his, uh, an X-rated cinema? I think you need to check. It's the 70s. Deep Throat was big. Let's check that out. So he takes her to a porno theater. All the unsavory characters there. Matt, is this hidden close to home? Is this how you uh, took Abra on her first day? Did you taxi driver her? He's thinking about that. <laughs> it happened. It happened. Which is funny because we bonded watching Taxi Driver, but n- no. no. <laughs> so this is the perfect moment to bond this, this over. Is the, this is the Matt move. He's gauging yeah. what her reaction yeah. would be. Yeah. So he's like, oh, have you watched She's right behind me, yes. And then she's oh, we know. Like, we like, know. We hear her giggling. So what do you think about that That date? Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? And, she, then, and what was her reaction, man? Was she like, yeah, I'd be into that? Or was it like, that's disgusting? No, no, no. That's no. That was it. That you see, that's that's what we put in our dating app. Is yeah, which uh, creepy seventies movies do you watch? Ooh, Serpico. Where's that right? It's not creepy. Serpico. It's not creepy. It's just it's it's okay. A Clockwork Orange. Um, more me than her. Okay. So we might have a possible rapist on our show <laughs> who likes okay. to whistle tunes while. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, we're learning a lot about people. Can I just say here, though, I mean, this is the, the total classic 70s uh, here where, you know, a man just pops up in the back of your Mercedes and you just go with it. There's no, like, oh, my God, he's here to, to get me. No, oh, no, of course the person is accused of taking my um, pearls is in the car with me. He's just so damn adorable. You can't say oh, he no is. to Rockfish. I just get mad at him. I just thought this was kind of like what I would equivalent to a metaphor today to popping up in my DMs, popping up in my car. Oh. You know? Is that is that not true? Sliding into my back seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what they DMs. say, slipping yeah. into my DMs. But, you know, can't really do much in someone's DMs where you could do some Pretty nasty damage if you're in her Mercedes. Rockford's not going to do that. We know Rockford. I've, oh, no. I've known Rockford, know Rockford for all of 32 minutes. I'm, I trust this guy's <laughs> my wife. Yeah, it only works because we know he's a gentleman. But if you were, you know, Valerie here, it's like, ooh, this is kind of creepy. 
She made him steakums, Matt. This is <laughs> love. But right? that was before he. That was on a con, so you know she's got to feel totally betrayed at this point, right? Well, well, then the next best move is let's go to a porno theater. Exactly. Oh, Let me make it up to you. Let's go see Deep Throat. <laughs> and I will go ahead and say that everybody who's worrying that he is a creep and she is worried about it, no. She knows exactly what she's doing because she is keeping two freshly prepared steakums in her purse just in case he needs them. In between sandwich buns. So it is a sandwich, technically. Okay. And so she is ready for this situation. They go to the theater, and she's like, I don't know if I want to see this movie, Jim. And then as soon as she sees it, she's engrossed. Like, she just forgets the rest of the world exists. She's so I into this I do kind of love how engrossed she was in this movie. Is this Rockford's usual meetup place with Angel? Porno theater? Oh no, I don't think so. This is this okay. is kind of new. It's usually a bar or Angel's decrepit apartment. Oh, he's got a. He also has a decrepit apartment. Well, this Rockford case, can't even afford an apartment. He's no, Rockford can't be an apartment. He's in a single wide. Whereas Angel is so far up in the world, he lives in uh, Skid Row in the middle of downtown LA somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah, probably an SRO. Oh, okay. All right, so we meet. This is where we meet Angel, which Angel. is one of uh, Rockford's ne'er-do-well friends right. slash companion, whatever. Uh, like, uh, they were in prison should... together. They, they mentioned that. What's that? They were in prison together. That's yes. where they met. Yeah. And so it's also kind of his bridge to the underworld. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's gonna it's use his hand. huggy bear. Yeah, it's his huggy bear. Perfect. But, but actually being a better personality than huggy bear. I'll leave that up to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> I barely oh, know Huggy Bear. Poor Huggy Bear just gets used for knowledge, whereas Angel gets uh, sucked into the actual plot. Okay. Okay. Well, well, Angel doesn't want to be in this plot involved. No, I, which is unusual for an Angel episode. And he's just like, "Look, I don't like what you're selling me, Jim." And he's like, "Look, come on, Angel, just give me some info on Manny, the only uh, uh, gem appraiser that works in the underworld. Can you let me know what's going on?" That's the only one that Moss could go to. And then Angel puts out his hand. Feed my hand, please. Yep. Rockford rips it off like a, a hundred, puts it in there. Gets the info. Green Frog Motel, room 210, nine. But he, piece, he like breadcrumbs it out. Oh, yeah, no. One bit of information. He gives yep. the hotel. Then he needs a little more. Yep. Then he's like, I'll give you the room. Give me a little more. What's that? Exactly. Feed me $10 at a time in order to get every little detail. He uses a metaphor here I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was a metaphor, and Aubrey said it's probably real. It cost me seven Irish in water. And I thought, what? how much money is an Irish? Oh. But it's probably how many, uh, how many drinks he fed him. It's like, who can take seven shots of Irish whiskey and water and still stand? Besides uh, Valerie? Valerie, of course. Oh, of yeah. course, Valerie. If you add the ice, whoa, I don't know. I can't yeah, say. Yeah, but... I don't know how you add in the ice. How big is the ice cube? So, uh... Who watches the Iceman? I don't know. The Iceman cometh. And so, uh... Rockford's like, he's probably... Moss has never probably met Manny, right? He doesn't know what Manny looks like. I got a little plan I want to tell you about. So here's the plan. Angel is going to pretend to be Manny, and Jim's going to be waiting in the bathroom with a cannon, as he called it. While that's going on, he's check, he, he, he looks over to check in on, 
on, on Maria. She is just totally staring at whatever's on that screen. John Holmes' dick flopping around. into it. Yeah. This explains the women of the 70s. They just needed to see more penis. So now, Jim, since Jim knows where Manny is, he's going to change the the meetup spot. Right. So he calls up Jim, claiming to be Manny, and he's like, I'm claiming to be Moss. Jim calls Manny, claiming to be Moss. I know, too many M names. It's too hard for us. And he's like, "Look, I got. I want you to meet at a different location." The guy's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever, but you got to pay me, pay me thirty-five cents a mile, you know." And he's like, "I can do that." Angel, of course. Yeah, of course, I'm with you. I'll go along with it. I'll be right there with you. I'll be your companion. All right. So now we're at the meeting. That commercial break. Yeah, we're at the meeting at the Green Frog Motel. It's supposed to be Manny meeting up with Moss, but it's Angel posing as Manny. Yeah, and he's got he's got everything you need. He's got the eye thing. He's got the little like fucking visor. On. Did we already ask Matt how often does Manny have to act undercover like this? Angel, Angel, excuse me. Well, it's almost always a con. So yeah, they're almost always pulling some sort of scam like this. Oh, okay. And he's so, like, for a guy's great con man, he's sweating like a fucking boring right, you church. You think he would be buying into his role here, like having fun in this, but he's sweating it out. But right. in this case, it's Rockford using Angel. It's usually the other way around. So, of course, oh, Angel is that's right. feeling a little sweaty. And also, um, Moss has a reputation. Okay. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you did tell us that usually it's the other way around. And I'm getting the wrong idea because this is my first episode and it was used. The other way. So Angel's like, look, I got to take a shit. I'll be back in a minute. Runs to the bathroom. That's where our, uh, where Rockford's hanging He's out. He's probably preparing a snake eater. <laughs> you know what? I finally got the title of that movie because that movie is based around toilet trash for men. Okay. Getting their dick He's out. making a reference to an episode we did like literally four years ago. I know. That's what we're doing here today. Yeah. But Snake Eater. Of course, part friends. three. We started with part three. We've never gone back to the other two. <laughs> Anyways, we'll go on. So he's like, what do I, what do I tell them, Rockford? I, he, only, he can only come up with his own plans. When he's like he's doing one of Rockford's plans, he's just, he doesn't know what's going on. Rockford's right. like, just tell him it's paste. Yeah, no big deal. It's paste is literally the term he used. Yeah. yeah. I guess because pearls, white, paste is like a white shade. No, well, they would no. make it out of paste. Like, oh, it's, okay. This is a common term for fake pearls. Oh, that oh they're my made God. out of paste. Matt, the pearl trader over here. I don't know what you guys get up we, we, I, well, I, you know, I, Besides I, being an IT person, I do a jewelry shop on the side. It's oh, Okay, you see, I haven't made it to that level of IT yet where I'm selling jewelry on the side. You need to start a jewelry store slash porno theater. I think that is your wheelhouse. Especially since your uh, company is uh, owned by French people, apparently. So, Yeah. I thought about lingerie, but you're saying go full porn theater? Oh, it's France, of course. Well, I'm in Detroit, so I got to make it corners. Detroit. This used to be a French... City. That's true. Lafayette. Lafayette Coney. Yeah. Okay. So he comes now. He's full of confidence because he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll say paste." And he's like, "Yeah, these are some fake pearls." And like, what? No fucking way! That fucking bitch fucked us over. Here's your two hundred bucks. We're out of here. Yeah. 
Jim comes out, great work, Angel. Pats him on the back, tells him he's amazing. And Here's the next step, Angel. And that next step is... <laughs> because? <laughs> well, and, and to... Anyone? And, and, and this only works because everyone knows that Angel is a uh, weasel. So right. Angel... Next, the next shot is uh, Angel at uh, meeting with Moss, right? Saying that wasn't me. I'm not Manny. I'm working for Jimmy. This was all a setup, right? It's a big tattle, and it worked because me and Griff know nothing about Angel. I'm like, holy shit, he totally fucked over Rock. Yeah, when Murray came here, I said, "What the fuck is up with Angel?" I thought I liked him, but then I realized he was a fucking total rat, and we know how we feel about rats. So, so they, when we were when we were talking about Rockford being uh, chaotic, good Angel is just a uh, chaos. You don't yeah. know what he's doing. Chaotic neutral. Chaotic neutral. You can call it that, yeah. yeah. So uh, they go finally set up a meeting with the real Manny, mm-hmm. and Manny's like, "What the fuck? These these are fake, man. These are no good." Because wait, 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 they go, wait, wait, they steal, they go back, they go back to, they, they break into uh, Valerie's place, and they swap what they think are paste. Well, no, 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 no. Oh, so they, they get think, a second opinion on the original pearls right, they have. And he oh. says, he's, they think they got the real ones. They go to Ma- oh, real Manny. Manny says, oh, no, no, these are actually paste. Yeah. So. Even though Angel says they're paced, they don't believe Angel because he says, well, I was just told to say they're paced. But man, right. the real man, he says, no, no, they're paced. So now they're really confused. More right. confused than me. That's how confusing it is. Right. And even Harry, of course, is believing in their whole convoluted plan that everything is garbage. So he's got to go back and figure out what's well, going on. Well, Moss thinks, well, obviously, Valerie faked out Jim, so she has to have the real pearls. Right. Because I know human nature. Well, and then there's this whole idea during this time, and I guess this is the 70 thing, well, you don't actually have your real pearls laying around. You have fake pearls that look like your real pearls, and that's what they really stole. And now she's trying, now she is trying to scam the insurance company. This is what they think. She's trying to to, uh, scam the insurance company. So the real pearls must still be in the safe. Right. Wow. <laughs> so they go back, they break into her apartment, and yes. they swap the pearl necklaces out. Moss and Harry. And then they leave. As soon as they leave, Rockford comes in through the balcony, right. turns on the light, and then yes. everybody comes out. Angel, Valerie, and Manny. Yes. And it's kind of giant reveal, like, hey, it was all a scam all along. Right. Yeah, and we learn, then we're like, "Woo, Angel, he's a good guy. He did not yes. fuck over Rock." Angel wants everybody to pat him on the back for his fucking tattle tactics. Right. So Moss and Harvey make it to, I guess there's not, they, the guys they were going to sell the uh, pearls to yes. meet up. And they're like, you motherfuckers, these are fake. And they're like, what? What the fuck? We just swiped out the ones that are fake. Right. And lo and behold, we go back to the, the apartment of Valerie's. We got Manny looking at him. He's like, these are fucking perfect. These are beautiful. 250K at can't least. Even, can't even imagine in today's money. I can't either. Yeah. I'm so confused. And so Angel is telling Rockford, you know, we should team up more. We should work these cases together. We should be like 
fucking partners. But his... Rockford's got his mind on other things. He's got mind on justice. I, justice? I think you're thinking he wants to clear his name. Maria or Valerie. Is this Valerie's new name is Justice? Because that's all he has eyes Thank on. you, Matt. Well, he Thank wants to you. clear his name. He's wanted by the police. He wants to clear his fucking sack of sperm. Wow, that was... Again. That was, that was too low for even me. Wow. <laughs> We have like children listening to this show. If only anybody could see your eyeball reaction to that. Horrible! I'm disgusted by you. Thank you. So, all right. So, what? Oh, she calls the cops up. Says, "I have." Did she turn in? Isn't she accessory to a crime? She's been holding on to these fucking pearls for, for like real. three years. For real. She's, she's actually calling uh, the cops and say. Oops, my mistake. Apparently, I had the real pearls the whole along. I just had misplaced them. But she's you know, holding on to stolen goods, and they, it's like, well, she's like, "Yes, but I'm a rich white woman." Yeah. And like, don't worry, ma'am. You know, keep the pearls and the money you got from the insurance. You're a rich white woman. You deserve it. Much like now. Right. Much like now. And Times then, never change. And then Jim gives her a nice smooch. And we cut to the credits. And wow, we... I'm I'm getting really nervous about the next episode. <laughs> wow, <laughs> nervous. I'm just saying, what is this? Three hours we've done this. Well, Murray, we're investigating. Not, no, no offense, Matt. We had a great time with you. Oh no, but... it's just we're investigative journalists, and usually people put things on the cutting room floor. But of course, we don't do that because that takes work to edit, and we don't and... edit. We like to give everybody the full picture of all of our uh, uh, crew, exactly audience, it. ourselves. Yeah. Like, we don't want to leave anything behind. Even the bathroom book break we took for 25 minutes. Yeah. I actually brought the mic in so you can hear me pissing. That's you know. Well, you're very proud of your thunderous piss. <laughs> yeah. So, it was, well, was very frightening, actually. Yeah, yeah I, I'm sorry you had to endure that. Like, well, usually Murray right. drags me into the bathroom so I can listen to him. <laughs> yeah. That's my thing. All right. He says, don't look at my dick. Just listen to I the I don't piss. like pissing on people or being pissed at. I just like people <laughs> listening to me piss. Hey, don't yuck my yum. Okay. <laughs> That's apparently something young people say. What's, what is it again? Don't yuck. Don't yuck my yum. Yum. Yeah, okay. So don't say ew to something I like. And I, so. You know what? I will. All you young people, yuck to your, your yum. What's their yum? Whatever it is, yuck. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Blanket statement from Murray. Yeah. Yuck. You disgust me. Matt, are you disgusted by the yucky people? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> perfect loaded question. That's what we do here. What's your forecast with the Portland Blazers? Are they going to keep winning? How should I bet on them? I don't know. I am completely shocked. Okay, where are they at right now? What are they in the stand? They are near the top of the Western Conference for some reason. No shit. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it. I know you bet against the Pistons because they're going to lose. Well, and we took one of your best players for nothing, apparently. Who was that? That was it. (laughs) Been out of the loop for a while. That was uh, uh, yeah. Grant. So, oh. so great. He oh, can't Grant. Remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember Grant. 
Okay. I don't remember which Grant, but I know there was a Grant. Well, uh, no, that's it's Jeremy Grant, which is funny because for a brief time in the 90s, we had his father, Horace. Oh. No. Horace Grant. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. Yeah, he beat your team on the on the Bulls. Yeah, I remember that. Awesome. So, so apparently you guys didn't want him very much, so we just gave you guys a bag of chips and a sandwich and uh took him. Uh it but it, the team's been a mess ever since that Gora's fuck bought the team. Gora's? What when was that? Like who? Tom Gora's. He was an eccentric billionaire too, because he used he's to. He's a like... guy who is from Flint, but lives in California. He doesn't even live here. He lives in fucking L.A. Yeah. Well, and I guess, just... I guess that's better when than our billionaire who who recently passed, who was uh, bought a Portland team, but actually lived in Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Seattle really fucking rains down on you guys. It's yeah, like... but we we still have a team, and Seattle doesn't. That's really True. funny because it's like we have the Ipsy and Arbor. Aren't they thing. trying to get a team though? I think they want another basketball. I don't. Yeah. I don't want. I don't want another basketball. The expansion is what killed the NBA. There's yeah. so many teams. I, Oklahoma City doesn't deserve a team. Seattle does. Oklahoma. Okay, I would agree. No, I, I I agree with Murray, especially for baseball. We don't need more teams. We need more player. More great players on teams yeah and we have less of that and we keep expanding to markets that don't care and it bugs the fuck out of me so i want i want more good people on less teams okay anyways well we, we had just, we so just much... added that that sports talk for opera because yeah. she just says there's not enough sports talk She's always going on about guys. You do not talk about Griff's betting uh, habit. Everyone's enough. asking about what your take is for every Sunday. I'm like, hey, hey, I don't know. Can I, I give one away? One freebie. All right, Griffy the Greek. What is it? Please don't do that because that's already taken. You got to just pick something else. We'll do it later. Uh, here's my big take right now. The World Cup is coming up in Qatar, a great city that everybody's in love with. They built that city. You mean Cutter. I don't know. They, they, yeah, they pronounce it differently every yeah, time. Yeah, they pronounce it differently yeah. every time. They built that city on rock and roll. Not on slaves, on rock and roll. Uh, USA all the way. USA against Wales. USA is going to win it 45-0. to zero. I have five whole USD on I it. heard Alexi Lawless is coming out of retirement for that match. Yes, exactly. U.S. Lawless? Alexi Lawless. Michigan's own Alexi Lawless. Yeah, and she... was hot shit in 92 when... We, well, he, he sucked, but... You guys, it's your guys' fault that we have Alexi Lawless? Oh, you guys have him now. Oh, you can have him. Keep him. Oh, no, 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 no. Please take him back. Do <laughs> you still have that stupid long goatee? No, it, it's not so much the stupid long goatee, it's the stupid look in his eyes when he says something completely idiotic. <laughs> well, he, he's about soccer. Of course he's an idiot. Oh, but Too many balls to the head, yes. Yes. Oh, do I have another hot bet? No, I don't think no. I oh, we got to wrap this up. We're going yeah, we into like hour up. number four. We got to wrap it up. All right, Matt, I want to congratulate you because I didn't tell you this, but if you had sucked, not only would you have been banned from the show, your wife would have been banned from the show. So it's I'm true. glad you came through for it's her. True. You saved her. We had a lie detector running the whole time, and you were truthful and... Informative. Informative. You Now I think 
You're not other Matt anymore. You're brother Matt. Yeah. Because we know so much about you now. You're like family, practically. Yeah. We're almost willing to call you Matteo, but we're still working on the yeah. lingo. Which, which is we... funny because that was my name during Spanish class in high school. I, well, I know that's talking. Hey, you know, some of us, uh, you know. Have I just think you and Matt Sosi should be in the Thunderdome, and whoever wins gets to be called Matt. Yeah. How about that? Griff, what are the odds? Give me the odds on Matt Sosi from Flint, tough town. Hey, you Matt haven't given from me time to a run citizen through. of the world, apparently. You've been everywhere. I got to run through my algorithm. I learned a lot okay. of new things in this episode, as all of our audience did. Yes. Because that's sure. what it's about. This is what Cop in the Field is. Cop in the Field. It's a learning experience. We learned about somebody in the west coast of the state, whereas we are more closer to the east part of the state. I think the only people in the west coast who like us are, are Matt and Opera. We don't have a big representation in the west. And we don't talk about uh, publics. Surfing. And surfing. Um, I forget the other grocery stores over there. We don't have a Publix over here. You don't have Publix on the West no, Coast? No, that's on the that's like Atlanta Publix. Oh, that's no, no. We have uh, Fred Meyer's, which is a Kroger's. Why would you think talking about supermarkets would be remotely interesting to anybody? Because that's the bond we all have. Is we all eat food? Language. You're right. Yeah, we all go shopping except you at the that's, supermarkets. That's, that's woman's work. But anyway, let's wrap this up, Griff. You're the guy who wraps up Tippy Tips. Everybody, let's thank Matt all together. And not Matt Soshi, but the beautiful Matt that has no last name. I was so hoping your name was Kadabra, and then it was like Abra Kadabra, and you was just destined. <laughs> yeah, do we get a me. last name, or should I just leave it at that? Uh, Matt's great. He doesn't Matt. <laughs> Everybody, take it from here. Fucking enjoy your goddamn Thanksgiving weekend. I know I will work in this new fucking job. And until then, just know if Twitter still exists, we're listening.